Welcome to episode 181 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Uh, it's it's 181 light. It is, it is just me currently. We have a guest, but my co-hosts are all missing. Uh, Robert had an important business thing, so he's not here tonight. And then my wife and I were informed about 15 minutes before we went on that my daughter needed shorts for her volleyball game tomorrow. So Katie's not here. She will be here maybe, I don't know. In an hour, depends on how long it takes for them to buy volleyball shorts. So, but it is me. So let me go ahead and knock out our advertising stuff, and we can get to talking about reptiles. I don't have the rundown Katie does for for Robert. So if you're looking for a PVC rack or cage or acrylic cages or signs or anything carved out of you know what you know the regular spiel if you listen to this. If you're looking for a good rack or a cage, look up lsreptileracks.com. Robert will help you get you all set up with a rack, a cage, a sign, whatever you want. Reach out to Robert, and you can do that. Again, Katie will do that much better than me, but she's not here, so that's what y'all get. Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors is a small feeder and pet supply business based in San Antonio, and they regularly schedule feeder meetups around San Antonio as well as other neighboring towns and cities. They offer shipping on their feeder insects, ice pods, and are working on starting shipping on their feeder rodents too. All feeders are raised on a nutritional diet that optimizes the health of the reptiles and amphibians that consume them. Definitely reach out to Lil's Shop of Horrors. That's L-I-L apostrophe S, Shop of Horrors, for your feeder needs. I love my rodents I got from them. You should definitely reach out. Uh, Katie is commenting the thing that my daughter is now currently trying on shorts. So that could take forever. So maybe Katie will be back before the end of the show. We'll see. Then I know I'm missing some. Oh, Herb's Reptile Shows. Normally I have people here to help me out with this. Herb's Reptile Shows we have coming up on September 9th and 10th is the big one in Conroe, Texas. Come out and see us. We will all be at that show. Then September 16th and September 17th is Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is technically Gonzales, Louisiana, but it's Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, October 21st, October 22nd, it's Waco, Texas. November 4th, November 5th is Lake Charles. I think we'll all be at that one as well. That's pretty close to home. West Monroe, Louisiana on November 18th and 19th. Over to Austin, Texas, December 2nd and December 3rd. I think we're going to try and aim for that one as well. Slide out of Louisiana, December 9th. December 10th, and then Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, January 13th and January 14th, which none of us will be at. That is too far away. Robert will be at probably all of these, most likely. If So get you a cage or a rack, call him, get it ordered. He'll deliver to you. Um, also, if you need a great UVB bulb, an LED UVB bulb from VivTech Products, check them out and use code GUMBO22 to save 15% on your bulbs and all the smart devices they have. So go check out VivTech Products. It's a great bulb. That thing will last you forever. Uh, so that means you need to buy more reptiles so you can buy more bulbs and then use our code GUMBO22. It helps us out. So go do that. All right. So let's go ahead and get to my guests since it's just me rambling to myself in here because everybody ran away and left me alone tonight. Here we go. Our guest tonight is Ryan, and I'm assuming it's pronounced Dumas. Nice job. Yeah, there we go, because the other way would be way funnier. But Ryan Dumas of Rad Reptiles. Um and the the turtle what is it turtle talk let's talk turtles let's talk turtles podcast i'm not, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie i haven't had a chance to listen to it and it's not because i don't want to listen to it because i really do but i found that since i do a podcast i don't actually listen to podcasts anymore uh <laughs> somehow i no longer have time to listen to podcasts and and, and i hate it but i always wanted to like talk about turtles and i can't find anybody on here to come on here and talk turtles with me uh or tortoises at least because i like tortoises but 
because water is gross. No, they're all great. I'm happy to talk uh, about our little shell dogs with you. <laughs> so what all do you ha- – I know you keep turtles and tortoises. What all do you keep though? Because I, I I've known your name for a while because of snakes. Yep, so. yep. That's still um, – I work a lot with uh, carpet pythons and some rat snakes. Oops, sorry. Apologies. I know this is live. I wasn't no, – I forget. Trust I'm me, getting no, some good. loud – okay. Uh, yeah, I – really got into actually herpetoculture with carpet pythons, coastals in particular. And um, when I decided to take a jump into it, I wanted to get into something that at the time I thought was a recessive gene, um, just because I thought it had a lot of staying power and it was a pretty gene. So I work a lot with exanthic uh, coastal carpet pythons. And I've been working with those since 2015. So not a horribly long time, but I've been keeping reptiles uh, for shoot over 20 years. And actually, I just transitioned out of a being a uh, a zookeeper for the last 18 years i'm now a conservation biologist with our county park system it's a little bit of a a little bit of a shift so i have a lot of herpetoculture experience but yeah i started out with carpet pythons and rat snakes those are my my favorites uh until the turtles and tortoises started infiltrating um my collection and now i'm kind of 50 50 but i'm a little more passionate about the turtle and tortoises um I don't know what it is about them. I think they're charismatic. I think they're, you get a lot more reward. Well, it's definitely a personality. Yeah. There's a little return on your investment, um, in a different way, not like a dog per se or a cat, but like you get a little more back for the time you invest into them. There's a little charisma there. Um, and honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with the snake community. I love it. I'm still a part of it, but the turtle community is just a little different. Um, there's little, there's different focuses because it's really hard to scale, yeah. no pun intended. Um, so there's just some different focuses there, and um, folks are more concerned and focused with conservation and preservation in some way. But th- that's how I start off, right? Start <laughs> off by trying to to divide the snake and tortoise people. Go for it. Well, it's it's funny. <laughs> uh, we talk on our show all the time about the different kind of groups in, in the reptile hobby. And it's, it's definitely weird. It's, I get it with, with snakes. The snakes, it is very easy. And I've done it. And I keep doing it. It's very easy to get too many. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's very, honestly, it's very easy to get too many and still take care of them properly. It's because they are so easy. Uh, and one of the reasons I don't have turtles is because I know how lazy I am. And I know the effort it takes into just like keeping a filter clean. And I do pretty good on my one fish tank. Uh, I couldn't imagine because I, well, let me rewind. The one species of aquatic turtle I really want, I can't own in Texas. So what I want are diamondback terrapins. Oh no, I lost Ryan. I lost me. Technical difficulties, people. Just uh, hang in there. I'm sure our internet will connect back at some point. I don't know what it is. We pay ungodly amounts in the internet and and this happens but hopefully ryan will hang out and wait and we'll eventually be back uh, we got a few people in the chat but they can't hear me right now because this is a recording on the machine and everybody will hear it later on on their drive as they listen to me ramble i could edit this out but that would take work and if anybody's ever listened to this you know that's not gonna happen so this week, I'm interested, though, in talking about turtles and tortoises because I miss my tortoises. Since I've moved to Texas, I don't have them anymore. Uh, if anybody that's listening, I've got sulcatas, uh, which is a love-hate thing because 
I think they're great, but I also think they're a horrible pet for people. Oh, hold on one second. Let me get my internet. My internet has decided to crash on me completely. Oh, we're loading back in. Everybody gets this. Everybody wants to run a podcast. This is this is what happens. Uh, technical difficulties left and right, and of course I have them when there's no one here to talk with me, and I'm sitting by myself in this room. But I'm about to enter back in. On our Let's oh, Talk Turtles podcast, I'm we back. actually just released one today. I'm back. Here we go. Hey. Oh, I was I was going by myself right oh, there. I, I knew you would. The great thing is, for the folks watching live, they'll get to listen to that wonderful talk. But because I record everything on uh, external, they'll get to hear me ramble about being in nowhere land and having nothing to talk about. So uh, right. <laughs> if you're listening to this in the car right now, later on, I apologize. I'm sure Ryan was amazing. If you're listening live, you got to listen to Ryan talk about... All his stuff and and not hear me ramble about my crap breaking down on me. Oh, you're good. You, I saw you exit the studio, so I just was like, well, if anyone's watching, I, I can't see the number on. So I was just like, I'll just keep talking so they're here. <laughs> they listen to something. Yeah, there's me twiddling my thumbs. There's people it. in the in the comments. They're used to it. They're like, he'll be back. And I was back. Our, our internet. Look, we pay a ton yeah. for internet just for it to crash on us right when we need it. Uh, uh, that's what they're best at. God, and it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But so what I was saying is. Uh, as far as turtles go, I don't keep turtles cause I know how lazy I am with cleaning them, but the, and the one turtle I really want, I can't keep in Texas. Uh, I want diamondback terrapins and we can't own them mm-hmm. here. And that sucks cause they're, I think the coolest little turtle, they don't get big and they have such great personality. Um, yeah, I'll rewind cause I, I know you, you don't know this, but I used to be a zookeeper as well. Uh, I oh, found yeah. that every zookeeper uh, used to be a zookeeper and no one is still a zookeeper because it sucks being poor. <laughs> um, and I am jealous of your job because you went into the job I'd probably want. I went into teaching because that was the other option. If you're someone with a biology background, it's uh, leave zookeeping and either go into working a state job, which are hard to get, or teaching, which is the route I took. Yeah, I mean, I, I can corroborate that because I was looking hard into that as well. Um but and I was ready to kind of pursue that a little bit, and then something kind of popped up, and it just worked out. And um, this is my first week, so I've I've been a terrible uh, communicator with you as we're leading oh, up fine. to the show because I am wiped out um, with some of the stuff I've been up to. So and just uh, being inundated with information that is fairly new to me. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, you either you either it's been, uh... it's been a crazy week. You either get a biologist job or you teach biology, or if you're Owen, you sell insurance. That's the other option. Or you go into sales. That is your third option. There's a lot of folks get into real estate. There's a lot of folks yeah. who uh, you just get into sales in one way or the other. So I see that a lot as well. It, it sucks because so many people that used to be zookeepers would love to still be zookeepers. Yeah. But yeah. I remember when I so I worked for a small zoo that was owned by the city, so the, the pay scale was public. And I remember seeing that I was getting paid the same as the guy on the back of a garbage truck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have a degree. Like I went, to, I went to four years of college to make the same as the guy on the back of the garbage truck. And I'm not downplaying that guy either, but I'm just saying, God, I didn't make anything. I, I joke all the time with people. I, I became a teacher to make more money. Yeah, <laughs> I get that for sure. I, I'm one of the lucky ones who I left um, on my own terms to pursue something else. I was happy. And Ohio zoos, weirdly enough, most of them pay comparatively well to other zoos. But this was just, I've been doing, I had recently been doing a lot of field work at the zoo and some of our properties. Um, and I was really digging it. I was like collecting the data and designing these experiments and being involved that way. And there was, I mean, just fate lined up and there was a job that 
really mixes well with that. Yeah. Uh, that I was qualified for and, and kind of went through that process. So I was, I was very fortunate, but you're right though. A lot of zookeepers, they get in it. They love it. The passion is there and zoos. I love zoos. They are great at taking advantage of folks's passion. Yeah. Because you, like you can't, well, you it's know, funny. It's a competitive industry and they don't pay well. There's always a plethora of folks. Like I'm sure they've already posted my position like a day after I turned in my two weeks and <laughs> It's such a so. weird job because, one, it's a job at a lot of places that wants you to have experience. But it's, again, one of those jobs where you can't have experience without having a job. So they want you to have volunteered for free at a zoo. So they, mm-hmm. they want you to have not made money prior to them barely paying you money. And then, uh, and then yeah, everybody wants those jobs. There's tons of them. Like I, uh, So when I left the zoo I was at, I later interviewed for a zoo that I really wanted to work at. Um, and I, I it was like soul crushing. I got down to being the last two people for the job. And, uh, the day they were supposed to make the decision, my dad was visiting and we're like, well, let's go play golf. I can't sit around and just wait for the phone call. Let's go play golf. And of course I got a call on the golf course that I was second place to the first place. I was like, well, that that's soul crushing <laughs> to know that it I is. was yeah. so close and one other person got it. But, uh, I remember interviewing originally right out of college and one zoo told me, uh, what they paid. And then they explained that their keepers, uh, a lot of times we'll room together at apartments and they, and they find a way to make it. And I'm like, that is not the selling point. Finding a way to make it is rough. Yeah. I mean, I had a second job through most of that time. It wasn't until I got to the Cincinnati zoo that I finally shed the second job. So, you know, I, I, I worked at the national aquarium in DC and then I worked at Bronx zoo and yeah, a lot of, and then came back here. So a lot of places in between and it's, it is a struggle. So, I'd be happy to, if, if anyone, whoever's listening and is interested in zookeeping, I would be happy to talk to you about it. If you want to just message me, I can give you some, some pointers if you're interested and give you some maybe real talk, but it's a wonderfully rewarding career. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed every single moment of it. The folks that I met, the animals I worked with and the work that I got done was incredible. It was just time for me to move on. So, um, it felt it's, like the right time and the opportunity was there. So that's is- what ended up happening there, but it is it's, great work, and there are things I totally miss every day. Like, uh, okay, I work with teenagers. That sucks. I totally miss being almost eaten by crocodiles on a daily basis. That was way more fun to me than having to deal with a teenager who does not want me to tell them about mitosis. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> which one's more dangerous? I, I'm I'm far more afraid of dying <laughs> as a teacher. I can tell you right now, I'm far more afraid of dying. Uh, you know, I worked at a zoo and you tell people, yeah, I worked with like gaboon vipers and rattlesnakes. Like, and like, did you ever get bit? It's like, no, I was good at my job. I don't know. It's <laughs> seems like a weird question to ask somebody. But, uh, and then my wife also worked at the zoo. She worked in the education department. So it was a okay. double whammy on being poor. Yeah. That gets you. But I guess I you. And the further south you go in zoos, the less they pay. That's yeah. just, there's a strong correlation because the further north you go, the more unions you run into. And, oh, I can um, tell you, I don't miss. 100 degree summers deep in a concrete pool bleaching the algae out of it like mm. that's one step away from passing out and just die. like it gets bad down there see nowadays you got to leave a little bit of that algae because it's welfare it's good for that animal you don't want clear water well that's the problem our, our setups were fresh water being pumped in like city water being pumped in and they weren't yeah yeah, yeah. So, and, and they get, get green very fast uh but I, like I said, I miss it, but I, I, I've got enough animals at home now that, I mean, I don't have crocodilians and I'd kill to have a Chinese alligator again, but, uh, 
literally kill. There. If someone wants to offer me one and there's someone you need killed, there's a chance I'll probably kill that person for a Chinese alligator. Just saying. Just offering it out there. But so uh, just be on your good side. Yeah. But I I, <laughs> I do miss it. I, I have become a better keeper since I stopped being a zookeeper, though. Um, yeah. It was very what hard. Do you think to, that is. Well, it was very hard to come home all day doing it and then want to go and clean at home. Like clean cages. I can see that. That was a hard I thing to do. Um, Burnout's real, too. Yes. You can hit the burnout at work and that'll burn out at home. But um, what it used to get me over the edge is that I had full control over the stuff at home. Like if I wanted to do something, I could do that. If I wanted to offer a food item, I could just go buy it and offer it to them. And that made me feel good. Plus, it was animals that I really, really liked and wanted to like I made that choice to be interested in them. So that helped. But there are definitely times where it's just like, you know what? I'll just take a day. <laughs> well, and it's it's so different tomorrow. <laughs> Yes, that that the unfortunate part of that can wait for tomorrow in some situations is that can wait for tomorrow and then tomorrow comes you're like that can wait till tomorrow and then tomorrow turns into a week you're like oh shit I have not been in my reptile room for a week now that has not been the issue since I've quit but it was a problem then uh, but it's funny the experience but different zookeepers have at different zoos because not all zoos are created equal even not all AZA zoos because I worked at an AZA zoo they're not all created equal uh, I worked at a very small one so what you're allowed to get away with is different than say at a larger zoo, right? Um, yeah. There was like, a- did you have a nutritionist there? No. Yeah, so that changes things. And I, I enjoyed having the nutrici- nutritionist there, great resource, but they'd be like, no, I don't feel comfortable with you feeding this out. And you're like, like I wanted to feed pumpkins as enrichment to the big crocs because they'd love to just smash them and it floats around and yeah. I just have to clean it out the next day. And our nutritionist was like, I don't know, that can cause gastrointestinal stuff. So I sent her an email with seven links to different zoos feeding their videos, feeding their crocodiles, <laughs> pumpkin. And surprisingly enough, I still got a no. You just want to be like, uh, look, these guys eat the rotten ass of a zebra in the wild and they're fine. But I think I, they'll be OK. I think a pumpkin's going to be all right. Why, uh, and they're probably, I, I mean, they're not going to eat the whole freaking pumpkin like that. Yeah. <laughs> they're just going to smash it into bits and enjoy themselves. Like, that's fun. I did learn quickly that the bad enrichment was a live carp. So we <laughs> gave we gave live carp to like bears and some of the big cats and all. We put them in their pools and let them catch them and eat them because we had a huge koi pond and live carp and carp area where kids could feed. And so we could catch and feed the carp, not the koi, but we could feed the, the giant grass carp. And I was like, oh, this would be cool. Let me give it to the Nile crocodiles. And I didn't think about the fact that they're going to grab it and then sling it Mm. and the carp doesn't stay in one piece and it doesn't all stay inside the enclosure so that was a quick lesson learned i was like well that was they enjoyed it they had tons of enrichment and they had fun uh but it did get messy that sling is fun to watch we had a nile croc at the bronx that was good at that we'd give it a giant guinea pig you know they (laughs) raise their snout up and then somehow and sl- like swing it and slam it on the ground and there'd be like guinea pig guts all over the glass. Yes. We'd have to do that in the morning so we could wash all the guts off the glass. Yeah, this was and a then I tried it with cart. my croc at Cincinnati Zoo and I'd give her giant things and she wouldn't do anything. She was just not into it. She would mangle it and chew it up and then leave it and I'd have to get it out of the filter the next day. I miss the personality of crocodilians. The personality of crocodilians is great. They are probably my favorite reptile. Like if I had unlimited funds and uh, nothing to worry about, I would definitely keep a lot of crocodilians. Well, I had. They are just awesome. 
Well, for a small zoo, we had we had quite a bit. We had uh, American crocs, American alligators. We had Nile crocs, slender snout crocs, dwarf crocs, Chinese alligator. Um, Dang. So, and the Chinese that's alligator, that's where I fell in love with Chinese alligators. They, they're freaking amazing. They're calm. They, they don't get big. To me, they need to not make them illegal. They need to not go through the hassle of all the paperwork. And I get it. They're protected, whatever. But they'd be such a better pet alligator than American alligators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they probably would. You don't need a I find it pool. interesting. All the Chinese gators I've worked with have been jerks. Really? Why do you been, use ours for education? Been, uh, they are aggressive and although everything, the ones I worked with at the Bronx and the ones at Cincinnati Zoo all were a little more of the obnoxious type. Oh no, ours used to work. I used to use ours for education all the time. I just go in, pick him up. I put a rubber band on his mouth just because it was being around people and he was yeah, great. Ability. I think if we worked with one young enough, it probably would get there. All yeah. the ones I like, I worked with like a 60 year old. Oh like, no, these were like all a, at the zoo as babies and grew up there. Totally different scenario then. Yeah. There's they a calm down a lot with some handling. There's a crocodile park like 20 minutes from our house, and we got a Is that Chris. Yeah, and uh, he walked me behind the scenes, and I got to see all like 50 baby uh, Chinese alligators. Oh. I'm like, son of a bitch, and no one I was with would steal me one. I was so pissed off. <laughs> Wouldn't even notice. I, he would never have uh, noticed one missing. I sent a few uh, from the Cincinnati Zoo down to him. Have you ever? So have you ever been there? Some of ours. No, no. Oh, that place is amazing. It looks awesome. That guy's living the dream. Yes. Uh, in a lot of ways. But he's got a ton of Chinese alligators. And I'm just saying, I've, I've got a house. I can, I'll find a way to make room for it. <laughs> yeah. And they're temperature tolerant, too. I mean, those things, I mean, you, you brumate them down to 50 degrees, 45 degrees. Like yeah. they are on our latitude, like here in Cincinnati. Like they are really tolerant and cool animals. They would make. I mean, like a, you're yeah. talking like five foot, four to five foot. Fairly, fairly calm if you get it as a baby. You don't have to worry about like, the American alligator issues where the, if it's a male, it's going to be 12 foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just crazy. Oh, my friend of mine just told me she must be watching. She said Chris Dieter's a school teacher, too. Well, I, oh. didn't, I didn't realize Dieter was a school teacher. I didn't. I've had a conversation with him. Seems like a great, great guy. Does He is awesome. Has lots of sterling referrals. So Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I miss. I would endorse I, that place. I miss working with with crocodiles. I almost got eaten by an owl once. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> we had a massive American croc. The great, like the great thing is learning their personalities, right? Because you you learn how they work. So we had a huge, like eleven, twelve ish foot male American crocodile, and uh, and he took up all of his pond. He was in an older exhibit and took up all of his pond. Uh, but when I had to get in there, the problem was to drain it. You had to reach over the edge of the fence mm. to the pond to drain it. <laughs> Where he's sitting. So that was always fun. But he's kind of like, once you got him out of the water, he knew. He's like, all right, cool. I'm going to go lay over here on the ground. Do what you got to do in there. And he would never come after you. But if he was in the water, it was a completely different animal. And he was going to protect that pool. And, uh, yeah, that's that's always fun to that's, watch. That's cool. I never got to work with an adult uh, American croc. Just I, my The one I had was a uh, an adult female. Oh yeah. She was kind of, she was cool for a while. We did target training and stuff with her and conditioning. And uh, then when she laid eggs every two years and fertile's eggs. And then the last time she laid eggs, she just got really defensive um, and aggressive and made it very difficult to work with her, even with two people. Like she would just kind of charge at us. And I was oh, like, damn. you know what? We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> well, but I, she was so easy to train. I had her shifting really. I just call her like three knocks and I'd be like, 
Leslie, shift. And she'd just come running into her shift. I could work on the exhibit. Like, they're smart animals. Well, ours, so ours, when I got there, its name was Bertha. And, and, I, and I was like, man, this is massive for a female. There's no way this thing's a female. But, like, no one had sexed it. It had been there forever. Um, and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's a male. But we kept calling him Bertha. And then after I left, he actually died. He, he uh, from what I understood, a chicken bone had cut him on the way in and caused an infection internally. And he died from a infection internally from a chicken bone uh which was like well that's a terrible sucks. way to go i know and i was like that really sucks because it was an awesome crocodile but uh yeah they found out later on they're like oh yeah it's a male i was like well that makes way more sense because that's yeah like, <laughs> that big that had to be a male uh sorry oh, your microphone's not on katie there you go i ran up the stairs and now i can't breathe K- katie's back <laughs> katie <laughs> ryan ryan katie Hello, you nice. did wonderful when he lost internet at the house <laughs> oh yeah we were i was watching from academy all right, yeah, I was just uh, kind of plugging all my stuff. I was, I was telling works. everyone to follow my co-host. It was and- great. <laughs> you did great. I was like, I don't even know if you can see my messages, but it's okay. You're doing great. So yeah. you're no longer a zookeeper. So now you can tell you, do you have any close calls with any animals? Never. That's I, awesome. As funny as that is, like um, nothing, The the probably working with young king cobras definitely is like a sphincter clencher. Yeah. Um, I never did. Cool. They're not necessarily aggressive. They just they just move and they don't care to sit on a hook. <laughs> they will flop on the ground and then you're scrambling like get up, get up, get up, get up. Um, so th- those are some of the higher energy stuff. But probably the um, see the the thing that's hard to train your mind is like you know viper sh- snakes shed their teeth and their fangs, and you will take a venomous snake out. You'll go to cl- have oh, a glove yeah, on, go to grab up clean. a chunk of poop, and then you get tagged by the fang in their poop and you know like intellectually your brain knows that that venom went through their digestive tract that's a denatured protein you are totally fine and that's easy to think of unless you just got punctured with a like an eastern diamondback rattlesnake fang yeah i think so i, would, I don't i, I don't know I about other attack. folks yeah i just you just sit down for a second you're like am i imagining some crap and you are <laughs> Because it's not. You're like, does this itch? There's not, it feels like it itches. It's in their poop. Like it, <laughs> yeah. But so that was probably like, that's probably the most anxiety I had ever had. Most of the time I've been pretty calm because I've, I at least had experience and training um, and a lot of great folks around me and, and area and uh, some facilities that had really good infrastructure in that. So yeah. you felt comfortable. But um, no, weirdly enough, I cannot recall something that was super close. I was always um, worried cleaning venomous snake cages because of shed fangs you know because i'd have all yeah. this bedding in there mm-hmm. and then you're scooping like i so i was always making sure to like use a pan to scoop which i'd never use my hand because with my luck there'd be a fang somewhere in there and, and that did yeah. scare the crap out of me and then you got to think of things like live bears like you may take the mom out but there's a oh, lot yeah. of hidden pregnancies or there was a um, after i'd left there's the parthenogenesis zoo. and so you don't know if there's babies in there they're gonna tag you as soon as you put your hand in there and after i left the zoo i was visiting one day and uh, I was actually talking to the director, and it was like an event or something. And she got a call over the radio that someone was like, "There's a baby snake in the in the snake house." And I was like, "I didn't work there anymore." I was like, "Look, I'll run over there real quick and go look for you. There, there's not going to be a baby snake in the snake house. That's stupid." So I ran over there, and I walk in. I'm like, "Oh fuck! There's two baby cane breaks in the cane break enclosure that has never been with a male. <laughs> there are definitely baby snakes in here." Um, so that was interesting. I had a friend who had uh, copperheads. And he, uh, he went in one day, took the copper head out, and went to go move a bowl. And here comes a little head popping up out of the bedding. I was like, dude, that that's scary as hell. Like, you're not expecting mm-hmm. that. You just have to have your wits about you. And that's why 
going to a zoo that has some training and infrastructure in place is really, really important to kind of teach you some of those if you haven't already done it. The Bronx laid down the framework for most of my venomous knowledge, and yeah. I carried that through the rest of my career. I uh, I never had to work with colubrids. The only colubrid was like coral snakes, and coral snakes are, are pansies when it comes to colubrids. They're very easy to work with. They're just small, so you have to be careful. But So all of my stuff was was native vipers, or we had a gaboon viper. And uh, that was interesting because that was on the job training because I had <laughs> I had no venomous experience prior to that. And then I got hired and they're like, all right, you're, you're the keeper and this is your snake now. I'm like, awesome. And we had this huge, <laughs> she was big old girl and she was, it was a cool enclosure. It was a, it was a room. It was set up to look like an African um, tent, like a, like a, like on safari. And it had like a chalkboard in the back. It had facts oh, about the, the best had facts about the Gaboon Viper. And it was best. like, uh, the bite can be fatal, but the fatal like squiggles off at the end. Like the person died. Like, oh. I mean, so, and it had like a desk in the middle and a heat lamp under it for delay and all that. And so it was cool. Um, and then I went on like vacation and came back and they're like, yeah, your, your female died. She, uh, she had infertiles in her that never came out and she got an infection and died. I was like, the fuck. Okay. And so then we got another one and that one decided it didn't want to eat for eight months. Yeah. So then they're like, all right, well, we got to catch it by hand and uh, give it injections. I was like, well, I've never done that. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tube the head and I mean that, that will pucker you. Like, like I know it's heads in a tube, but I'm holding a gaboon viper and I've never held one. And every time we had to do it, I'm like, this is the scariest thing. And okay. And here's the other funny fact. We didn't have anti-venom, uh, which is why after I left, they mm-hmm. ended up, AZA was like, you have to send that to another zoo. And they did. And they got it back once they got anti-venom. So our rule at the zoo was don't get bit. Uh, that was, that was basically the rule. Cause <laughs> that's everyone's number one rule. And, right. and, and I was like, well, I guess if anybody gets bit, it's probably f- better if it's me. Cause I'm the biggest person that could probably last the longest until the venom gets here. But, uh, yeah, we didn't have any. So having to get it by hand and get injections, will get your heart going. Even, I didn't have to do any of that fun stuff in the education department. I just dealt with people. Well, and, but like gaboons, they they huff. That's scarier. <laughs> That's <laughs> what a lot of people would say. Little kids are horrible. A lot of people I'll, were like, I'll I will t- deal with the animals any day. I'll take the gaboon over a bunch of five-year-olds. Yeah. But was, uh, it, you got to be careful with... Oh, sorry. No, no go, go ahead. So you got to be careful with the gaboon bites because we're learning more and more about like their reactions and um, how much antivenom is used. There's, there's a guy recently who took over 50 vials Jesus. of antivenom for a gaboon bite bite Holy so it's cow. making it's making a lot of zoos kind of double think um Ryan, how much you keep on hand i need you usually to stop. You want i need, two doses. Oh. I need you to stop because i want a gaboon one day and i need you not to tell katie this ah there will be lots of research Gaboons are fine before katie. it ever comes in also i'm not one that will ever lay hands on it <laughs> exactly my my thing is not a I, there's there's a handful of venomous snakes I want a handful like, like three that I, I was want about to say a handful and, the last adjective was like two or three and I never plan on laying hands on them I'm not one that's like I want to hold this thing because that's no. stupid as hell the fact that you that have is very the, dumb the background <laughs> that you have is very a very strong reason why one day you will be able to have it so I want a gaboon uh I want a Gila monster I know it's not a snake it's a lizard but I want a Gila monster uh, yeah that's cool and like. A really pretty copperhead. I really like copperheads. So it's funny that you brought up copperheads. So I don't know. I, I didn't hear James really kind of explain me. So it's other than the fact that I used to work in the education department. But now I'm also a teacher. We're both teachers. And this week in fourth grade, our 
reading that we do at the very beginning of the day. We have one passage we read all week and we answer questions each day. And this week it's all about copperheads, which is super Ooh. cool. Like my kids are loving it. Of course, they're super bummed that Luna, my corn snake, is not at the school yet, but we still don't have a working elevator. So there's that. Oh, um, you can carry that cage upstairs. Oh, I don't want to carry her cage up the stairs. I'm just saying you can. It's, so it's, you could come do it for me. Nope, but I said you can. Anyways, so the the article is really awesome though, but it talks about um, it, it talks about like where they live and what they eat and um, does it say they smell like cucumbers? Please don't tell me this. It does not okay, say anything about how they smell. <laughs> um, thank God. I did tell them fun fact: they can climb trees. They can climb trees. <laughs> I was found like, that we out. We found that out the hard way. I had to go um, do a snake removal for a place, and they she had like six copperheads on a, on a tree line in her yard. There there was one big female and a bunch of males, and they were just cruising back and forth. And I'd caught some, and I was like, well, let me walk into the woods to see if I can try and but find some. he stopped right before. I like, did. Something made him, made him stop. I stopped. Like, let me look up, and I looked straight up. And there it was, like right in front of his face. <laughs> like six, seven foot up in the tree. I was like, oh, there's a copperhead. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that was pretty cool well, to see. Because my, my first thought was, they eat cicadas. Cicadas are in trees. Let me look in a tree. So it actually mentions that in the article that they eat cicadas. And that's when I brought up the, oh, and they can climb That, that fucker was in a tree at eye level. So... <laughs> But yeah, so that's been it's been fun. I mean, last week we we read about a a cat who cats suck. We can skip cats. Yeah, like it wasn't like Ooh. it was just like a fun little story about a cat. Like it wasn't. There's even, no fun stories about cats. It wasn't even nonfiction. And I, this one, I upset been, people on my Facebook because I posted a meme about a lot of fun killing feral cats. Yeah, that's hey, normal. People for have you, though, their cats it? and keep them inside. Inside, I'm cool. Oh yeah, keep your indoor cats. I'm just allergic. Everything, everything else, I don't know about that. Yeah. No, I'm jealous of you guys being able to talk about keeping venomous at some point. I would love to keep a something venomous at some point, but my wife is allergic to hoofstock like goats and horses. And if you're familiar with how any venom is made, yeah, it makes it uh, impossible. That so would suck. It, it's it's too much of a risk. Absolutely. So yeah, I would never. I would. I would never. Not even a Gila monster, just in case. Kudos so, to you for being like cool with that. You know what? Just don't care about your wife like me. Nah, and say, right. Screw Shut up, James. <laughs> no, no. I'm a sucker. She's the light of my life. So um, I am for him. It, he just won't an, admit it out loud to people. Whatever. He says it in a different way. Everyone has their own dialect. <laughs> I, I don't want a ton of him, but I, I love one. The other one I really want is an Eastern Diamondback rattlesnake. A big. We had a big female, and they're just the, to me the like the ultimate when it comes to venomous snakes. Uh, I love a big seven foot Eastern Nineback rattlesnake. They're impressive. If you didn't See, have the I like the smaller ones. See, the smaller yeah. ones, little du- red dusky pygmies, or Those something are like. They got I the like color. Squamidra, like the Atheris stuff. I like that, but um, I will like it from afar. <laughs> so but, did we? Um, I, there was a there was one part from when I wasn't here that I missed what? and I, I wasn't sure. Did did we go into what type of turtles? No, we haven't, got, we haven't, got we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. We're okay. talking about zoo stuff first. Well, I wasn't sure. And then so we're I gonna... just wanted to make sure because I wanted, I was curious. We can do... I so the reason I jumped into the zoo stuff because we were talking turtles and the one I wanted to keep was Diamondback Terrapins. Yes. And at the zoo in Louisiana where we worked, we had uh, three Diamondback Terrapins. There also were babies at one point. Were they? Oh, there were. Yeah. Our daughter actually remembered. She, in the car, she was like, do you remember when the babies were born? They were so little and they were so cute. And I was like, yeah, I remember. But I, we I still just, can't have them. Aww. Can't have them here. It sucks. But those were one of my favorite little turtles to work with. I do like alligator snapper turtles just because they're cool, but I don't want to keep an alligator. I it's a boring. I don't to me, it's a boring turtle to keep as a pet. Alligator snapper? Yeah. Yeah. 
I, that's one, one of my favorites. Oh, I love them. We had huge, like, 90 pound alligator snappers, 100 pound yeah. alligator snappers, but, like, as a pet. I have no desire to ever have one. It's a pet. rock. Like, yeah. it is just, <laughs> it doesn't interact. It just sits. And the only time you interact is when you feed it. And that's it. That's I would, true. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would do aquatic in a heartbeat if we could have diamondback terrapins. In a heartbeat. I'd, pro- I would, I'd probably get like one of those big water land turtles I and set it up. I could probably it do that. In a heartbeat. So you guys need aquatic turtles, get it set up now for when they do offer a way for you to keep them. Then you can be like, all right, we're already ready. Just I'm hoping I, that I maybe there's like I don't think there'll ever be a way for us to keep them here. Well, but they, I, the it way might the, be because we're teachers. Like no, 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 there's they a won't. loophole. Because no, the way the law is written is it's the entire species, not even subspecies, the entire right. species. It's because of Texas. Mm. Well, no, it's because they're native here and even though they're native to the entire East Coast, yeah, we can't have them. Even if we got like ones from New Jersey or whatever. We'll have to move to a different district before we can, or a county before we can get venomous. venomous. Yeah. Can't have venomous in this county either. Fucking Texas. Man, that's a good point, folks. Make sure you're looking at your county uh, regulations. Right. A lot of times you get yeah. sideswiped. I don't even know mine. Um, <laughs> it's too hard to find. Some of them are tricky and some then they change some. It's, uh, We'll get into that because I want to get into that with the question. That gets into the question. I was just thinking uh, I'm bouncing all over. But yeah, what what? So for us, I'll let you know what we keep. We we keep tortoises. So we moved to Texas two years ago. Yeah, two years in June. This is our third year teaching, so we moved here two years ago because beginning of teaching. So, but our house in Louisiana, my in laws still live there, and that's where my most of my tortoises are. I have big sulcatas, and I had a huge yard there. And so they're taking care of them because our yard here is the size of a shoebox. It's crazy. Um, And I can't bring them here, and it kills me. But we do have a couple of small red foots here that we have indoors right now because they're not big enough yet. Um, and our hopes are to get a, a house with a yard again because, I'm, I'm, like I said, I miss my sulcatas. And then it's a it's a hate-love relationship with sulcatas as a species. As a person who owns them, I fucking love owning them and playing with them and feeding them. But then the other side of me is like, I've never bought one. They've all been oh, given yeah. to me because people couldn't keep them anymore. They're a horrible fucking pet for the general public. Stop buying sulcatas. Yeah. In fact, the only tortoise that we have that we've bought are the two the, cherry heads the that red, we yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. They're the two cherry heads that we have. Which is a far better tortoise for someone who wants a quote unquote big tortoise that is still able to deal with a quote unquote big tortoise. I do have a, a three toed Eastern box turtle that was gifted to me for my classroom. Oh, I forget about it. yes, there is Alice her. is wonderful. I love three toes. Box turtle. They fantastic. are vicious. She's phenomenal. They are vicious when In you fact, feed them. I had a student today ask me, "When is Alice coming back?" I said, "As soon as the elevator." My classroom's on the second floor, and that tank. No, I, it's a forty-gallon tank. I it's, do that's heavy. have to have help yeah, carrying up the tank. stairs. Like that one, I cannot mm-hmm. do by myself. But like you freaked out people when you fed her worms, and oh, she went town on the worm. It was awesome. We loved yep. it because they rip. The kids were great. It was like the other adults around campus that were just like walking through the hallway because the way our classrooms are set up, I can keep animals in the windows so you can see them from the hallway into the classroom. Like I I moved like tables in front of the window. And so it's a display. I'm also the zoology club sponsor at the school. We started a zoology club last year because I teach English. So you don't think the English teacher should have seven class pets in her room, you know, but it's okay. I'm the cool teacher. So... Yeah, so we were feeding, and some of our our paraprofessionals were walking by, and they like stopped and came back, and then we're like freaking out in the hallway, and the kids were like, "This is the coolest thing ever." You should let them see when you feed them a mouse. Um, I was going to say, throw a hopper mouse. In I there haven't or... done a mouse with her in front of them. I've done it, like I've yeah. seen it, 
Um, and then the hornworms, we did those once, and those were so messy. You <laughs> guys are. talked earlier about like crocodilians being messy with their food. Box turtles get messy. Like you don't think this cute little turtle could make such a big mess? Oh, they're vicious for protein. But she like uses her paw mm-hmm. to like scrape stuff, and it gets everywhere. And oh man. Yeah, but she's fun. They're the only two animals that haven't made it back to the classroom yet. Everything else is up there. Their tanks are just heavy. So what I'm all glad you have a turtle in there. She's yes. fun. She is a lot of fun. Yeah. She's named Alice after Alice in Wonderland because she's very curious about everything which that is, goes on. Excellent. Which, which is another one. I think box turtles, that's another thing because of legalities in certain places, but box turtles make a far better shelled pet. Yeah. Than many of the things that are offered to people as as pets, and in the state of Texas, to legally have one, it has to be gifted. To yeah, you can't you. buy them. Um, it can't, and you can't have more purchased. than two or three. I think that part I don't know, but this one was gifted to me from some friends of ours, um, who run a facility. But again, it would be such a better pet than ninety percent of the other shelled animals that people buy as a pet turtle or tortoise. It would, but they're they're under a lot of pressure. Yeah. The boxers, unfortunately. So there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of protections in place for them, and for them especially is for a good reason. But they are they are excellent little animals. Like they're hardy. I mean, even there's a guy close to me who lives in central Indiana, Matthew Hills, and he um, has Florida box turtles. That's one of the species I keep. I bring them. I leave them out from like May to probably sometime in September. I'll pull them back in. Um, he leaves them out all year. He brewmates them outside. Oh, wow. Wow. Florida box turtle, whose range doesn't really go above southern Georgia. Uh, so he blew my mind with that. So I got to talk to him some more because I would love eastern box turtles are my favorite. But in Ohio, they're a species of concern. So you have to be kind of careful and get a special permit uh, and get them from out of town. And it's not really that much. I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm we not had... big on inviting folks into my house. I get that. So to, to inspect and whatnot. Yeah. This, uh, I'm not hiding one... anything. I just don't like people in That's... here. As so. someone who had to have wildlife fisheries come search their house once, it's not fun. Yeah. Especially when they don't know what they're actually looking at. Yeah. <laughs> What's is, really yeah. cool with our box turtle is we talk about how in our area where our school is located, it used to be rice fields. And so they're building all these developments. And so there are lots of reptiles that they're going to find in that area. And so my kids will tell you, like my students and my zoology kids, they'll tell you like, you know, if we see something, we don't pick it up. We don't mess with it. We leave it alone. There are people we can contact if we need to get this snake moved somewhere else. Or like we can have our parents call Ms. Lewis. And like they know, okay, this is what we do. And so they're, you know, teaching others as well, which is cool. Yeah, it's always best when you can teach it to them to to take action on their own and kind of have control of that's awesome. There's a process in place and they're following it. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, that's how you pay it forward. So that's cool. We had box turtles at the zoo. It was a, it was a small exhibit. They stayed there year round. We never took them out of there. During the winter, they were in there. Everything. I mean, they were native from there. But it was funny. Once a year, in like uh, in the like the baskets for the pools around that area, you would find little baby box turtles because they come hatching and crawling mm-hmm. out of the out of that exhibit, and you'd find little baby box turtles around. And then, daughter is messaging me. You should tell this story. You should tell this story. These are my favorite. Totally cool. I'm like, we've talked about all these. So our buddy, the our buddy Grishol says we can have six box turtles per person in the household. So technically, we could have an army of eighteen box turtles. Eighteen. Good. We'll call that a creep. A, a creep? creep. We'd be creepy with eighteen box turtles. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Plus, it, they have to be eighteen that you find. You can't buy them. So, like, 
You have to go find 18 box turtles. No, thanks. And then okay. you have to take them from the wild, which just feels weird. I don't like 18 to do box that. turtles yeah. from the wild. That's another one. Like, we have Texas tortoises down here, and Texas tortoises yeah. are super protected. Yep. But God, that would make such a better tortoise pet than <laughs> like it would be great here because weather wise, it's great. Size wise, it's great. But they're protected. They're protected and they're gopherous, right? That's their genus. Yeah. So they, mm-hmm. they're going to dig you a nice big burrow in your yard, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's one thing. Uh, so with my sulcatas, is people always talk about sulcatas digging, but I've never had that issue with when I worked at the zoo with sulcatas or when I've owned them. But I've always found you have to give them somewhere to go. So, like, yeah. a lot of people put them in a yard and wonder why it digs out of their yard or digs underneath their house. I'm like, well, because you just put it in a yard. It, it, I, my, I, my tortoises have a bunker. It is a cinder block sand fill like the the blocks are filled with sand it is all it it withstood multiple hurricanes that freeze we, it, yeah we had a freeze come through and it stayed 80 degrees in there once it was and it was up. like negative 12 yeah. or something ridiculous like that but as long as you give them somewhere they you know those big sulcatas won't dig but man i see people like all the time they get a sulcata and they put it in the yard and goes, it dug under my house how do i get it out i'm like you wait what? Yeah, put some carrots at the entrance. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Why'd you put? A giant they are cool tortoises, though. I think they're oh. just some of the coolest looking ones. I don't ever want one, but I I do like other people's sulcatas, and I like interacting with them. I just never would have one. Did you know those things are freaking endangered? Are they really? In the wild, IUCN has them listed as endangered. So well, we can ship when plenty of them over there. Start. I know, right? Just start. That's that's common. The like Quang Tung turtles, their type of river yeah. turtle in China, they they are functionally extinct, but. You can go buy one at Hashling now for like $40 well, if, because they're yeah. so fecund and in the quit, hobby. So. If they quit eating them in places, maybe they'd have more turtles. Well, they're eating ours now. So yeah, no, I've work. heard they, they come and get ready or South Carolina was the big one. Really? Uh, so, yeah, they were exporting a lot um, out of South Carolina because they had really relaxed laws until just a few years ago. But yeah, Southeast United States has a really impressive diversity of turtles. Um, a lot of people don't think about the Southeast United States as having such a big biodiverse, um, biodiversity of colonians, but we're here and each river system like has like these endemic only found in this river system turtle. And it's really incredible. And then the pet trade has ruined that by spreading red eared sliders everywhere. Yeah. Those things are every, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, not just United States. They're everywhere. That is a, I'm not a big red eared slider fan. I'm just. Like, I'm not, and I am, because it's impressive. Like, they're I cool, mean, but they Like, how do they do that? Like, you just no can't where, get rid of them. They no live 60 years. They have 80 babies a year. It's like, what the? It's exaggerating. They don't have 80, but they just <laughs> seem to They seem to be able to handle anything. So They almost need yeah. to have 80 babies, because in the wild, you have raccoons that'll go dead. No, they don't. The, they, but the problem or is, is like, that not what we had at our old house? We had, uh, those were yellow-bellied river cooters. River cooters, that's what it was. Just kidding. Same but it's same probably species, the same right? concept. Just different subspecies. Those are both but they're, I mean, trachomese scripta. And they get big. So those female river cooter, cooters can get massive. Like you don't realize how big some of them mm. can get. Um, yep. But yeah, regular sliders, it's – but it's the whole – like if you grew up in the 90s, it's the same thing as iguanas. They were everywhere. Like you get yeah. – remember they buy that with a little uh, plastic lagoon with a little plastic palm tree and that was its yeah. cage. That's all you need. That's it. <laughs> Just put it in there with some water and – Bam! It, would, it won't outgrow its cage because turtles don't get bigger than their tank. Don't you know that? That's it's factual. People said it, so it's got to be real. Well, they're expecting a lot of increase uh, in like baby turtle sales now because there's that new Ninja Turtle movie coming out. It's oh, supposed to be pretty of good. Of course, yeah. Oh no! And they're already there's articles I was sharing a couple last week where um, uh, I do have a Let's Talk Turtles podcast Facebook page. Share a lot of turtle information there, but I was sharing them there. Sorry, shameless plug. No, plug no, it away. Plug but away. they um, 
there's they have all these articles now linking turtles to uh, salmonella outbreaks, which yes, they carry salmonella, but they're they're making some reaches. <laughs> Um, just, like that. Oh well, it's these turtles. Like oh well, over the past eight months, there's been twenty outbreaks, and sixteen of those might have pet turtles. But they're leaving out a whole lot, and it's it's a stretch yeah. without really any solid backing evidence behind. Just be it. like, don't put the fucking turtle in your mouth. Leave. Just don't. So I tried to have. So I told you about this like right before school started. I don't know if I ever mentioned. I probably it on ignored the it. Go ahead. No, no, no. It was the. Fire, is the fire inspector the guy that comes into the school classrooms and make sure you don't have anything on the ceiling? Oh yeah, that's, is that what it, is that what yeah. it is? Anyways, he came through and I was like, "Hey," I said, "I know we got some new rules with like the lights in our rooms and the plugs." I said, "I just want you to know, I have these things on thermostats. I have these things on plugs. They'll all be here next week. You can't have any of those animals in your room." I was like, mm, "Wait a minute. Yes, I can." It's like it's principal's discretion in this school district. This is what I do. This is who I am. This is what we have. It's all approved and safe. Well, if anything smells, you can't have it. And I said, none of my animals are dirty. Well, you said you have a turtle. They carry salmonella. I said, I have a box turtle in a also, not aquatic also, enclosure. Also, please tell me what the smell of salmonella is. And I was like, not. Yeah. I said, you're. I said, you're going to give me you know, something here that's legit. Cause right now you're just pulling stuff out of the air. Oh, I was so mad. <laughs> uh, but again, everybody's going to buy cheap turtles and, and not, mm-hmm. there's so many, like, you know, when people ask me that they want a tortoise, I'm like, well, go find a Russian tortoise, get you a Russian tortoise. It'll be a fine pet. It's the size of a box turtle. You can keep it in your house. It's entire life. Uh, but everybody sees the little sulcata babies for a hundred bucks or less at a reptile show. And they go, it's so adorable. I'm like, now it's adorable now it's not adorable at 90 pounds running through your ankles and breaking your leg because it wants to get to the other side of the yard or whenever katie would walk out with red, to eat your toenail. with red toenail polish and try to eat your toes because it thinks they're cherry tomatoes yeah i live in I mean, flops. The, it's a problem that's all right you're in the south <laughs> see, as long as you're avoiding fire right. ants yeah that's a problem <laughs> yeah i could see that being an issue but People forget that those are the third largest species of tortoise. Yeah. You have Galapagos tortoise, you have Aldabra tortoise, and then there they are. Mm-hmm. Right there, like 100 plus pound tortoises. Because not um, enough people kinda... see a full grown adult male or see what a full grown adult male can do. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of makes me think of the question that I was late to getting to you guys. It's like, should <laughs> reptile shows have some information regarding a lot of these animals that are issues, like clearly posted or. Like the laws, like in Ohio, you can't have snakes that are over 12 feet. So, but you, you can sell reticulated pythons because they're not 12 feet yet. Should there, should places, I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. It's just a question that, that I had. Like, should these shows kind of have a little fact sheet about some of these things that are like, hey, yeah, you can buy a retic now, but once it gets 12 feet, like they're technically, if you don't have a permit, they're illegal in Ohio or. We have a lot of problem with, like you said, like uh, surrendered um, sulcata tortoises. So should we have like adult sulcatas or a diagram of like, this is how big the sulcata gets for people to kind of see and educate themselves to prevent some of these impulse buys? Or should we just let people determine that themselves? I don't know. What do you guys think? It's a tricky thing. So like, so I, I, I vend a lot of shows and one of our sponsors does shows and a bunch of my friends vend shows and that's their livelihood. And I get it. The, the problem with Sulcanas is they are so fucking good at making babies. Mm-hmm. And so many of them. 
and you just know that not everybody that buys one needs one. But at the same time, we live in America, and it's hard to be like you don't need it. Uh, and tells yeah. so it's, but it feels different when it's a living thing, right? It, it feels different <laughs> saying someone doesn't need something when that thing you know is not going to be able to make it in those conditions. Um, and, and as like I said, as someone who has has never bought a Solcata <laughs> and has had probably seven of them in in my lifetime, uh, kind of like bearded dragons, I've never bought a bearded dragon and I've had probably seven of them. Uh, there's just certain animals you're like, maybe we need to go a little deeper into it. And I just, I see people sell some to people and, uh, they don't tell them full truths to make a sale. And I have a problem with those people, but I also have it a problem happens frequently when I also have a problem with the, the, the sellers that sell stuff and they go, well, I told them we're good. I'm like, I get it, but maybe, maybe if, if that's the mentality you have, then sell an animal that fits that mentality. <laughs> don't sell a sulcata sell russians and only russians or redfoots or <laughs> greeks something that can stay manageable if you're if your thought is well they're gonna buy it i told them everything they need to know okay then then don't sell them a retic a berm a green iguana or a sulcata something that you know even if you tell them now when it's a baby and it's cute and they're not completely listening to you because what do they know about a hundred pound tortoise they don't know what that looks like Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you do as the person selling it. You know what it looks like. You know what it's. I mean, anyone that's been around large sulcatas knows that they do whatever the fuck they want. Like oh, you yeah. can, they really do. you can want them to to go one way, and you can want them to behave. But when they're having a bad day, they're assholes. Uh, you know. Yep. I, that's another one. I, I, they I, eat I, a lot and poop a lot God, too. God, don't they? And they poop, poop a lot. huge. It's ridiculous. And tortoise poop is awful. It really is. And massive. It is awful. And especially if you're feeding a lot of like grocery store greens, which mm-hmm. most people do, even though they probably shouldn't be eating it. Then you're going to get wet, stinky turds yeah. like all the time. Well, that was a good thing. I had a big 40 by 50 yard for them. And when I realized when I got to that size, they didn't eat enough to ruin the grass. They ate enough to keep the grass finally manicured. Yes. But it was Perfect. no, but no longer were they having big brown spots of dirt where they ate all the grass away. And I was like, Oh, okay. Now I have this. I you understand the this sweet spot for the size. And they're eating grass, tons of grass. And I was like, good. Um, but one thing I do miss from working at zoo is we did have aldabras and galops as well. And we had a massive yeah. male aldabra. And you talk about a personality. Like they, they know people. They, they know complete. They know their surroundings. They know what they can get away with and what they're going to do. Like they are not dumb. A big, his name was Big Al. And he 100% knew what the fuck he was doing all the time. And like, when it was time to go in, he knew when it was time to go in, but he knew that he had his own time and he's 500 pounds and his own time is going to be whenever he wants to. And you can't do shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> and giant tortoises are like as close to magic as you can get. I, I love them. You can't think of anyone who's met one and was like, this is terrible. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, he would do the whole thing where he'd stand all the way up, stretch his neck all the way out and then want you to scratch his neck and scratch mm-hmm. his legs and rub his shell. And he would just stand there fully stretched out at 500 pounds, and it is an impressive thing. And then you just think about, fuck, sailors used to catch these things, flip them over on the back, and throw them in the bottom of a ship and eat them. Like, that is the weirdest thing to think that at some point that that was a common practice just to go to an island, catch a bunch of these big old slow-moving tortoises, and then we'll just slowly eat them for the next few months because they're not going to die. 
common is an understatement. There, I mean, hundreds of thousands of these things. Entire were just, islands were wiped out. Yeah, right. I mean, there's a, a not to nerd out. There's a really good book. Um, oh crap, what is it called? A sheltered life. Um, it's all about giant tortoises and how the islands were discovered and how many and. It's really interesting. It's not too dry of a read. It is a little, but it's not too dry. But if you like giant tortoises, definitely read it. That's where they like reference ship logs about um, apparently these giant tortoises, especially Galops, were unbelievably delicious. Yeah. The oil that they had just tasted great. Of course, you know, you you balance that with, well, you were on the open ocean for four months and then you ripped open a tortoise to eat it. It probably did taste really, really good, but... Yeah, that was, I mean, they tasted good. They they lasted a long time without eat, like, feeding them or giving them water. And um, you just flip them on their back and they couldn't do anything. So you didn't have to worry about anything. You just threw them down at the bottom of the ship and uh, you just went on your way. And they had but no these fear. these were whaling of, stops. Well, they had no fear of humans because there was no predators. Nope. I mean, they, there's these massive tortoises that got massive because there are no predators. Uh, can you just imagine yep. being the first ones to get one of those islands and seeing one of the true giant tortoises that no longer exist now, but true, there were probably well over 600 pounds, close to 700 pound Galapagos tortoises, just massive 150 year old tortoises that they ate. But I mean, yeah, it's like when you see those old pictures of like redwoods. Yeah. Well, you see those old pictures of like redwoods where someone's standing like inside of a tunnel in a redwood and like those trees don't exist anymore. I'm just, I think of that with like certain animals. I'm like, God, just imagine how big they were. It's sad to think about it. Like, you know, there's several now species of Galapagos tortoise that are all spread out the islands. Yeah. There were several species of Aldabras across those islands as well on Meridius and Seychelles. And those were all wiped out. There were giant tortoises that coexisted with dodo birds. We wiped all of those out. So there were several other species of giant tortoises close to the Aldabra, and we just killed them all. So it gets really sad. So yeah, sheltered life is a, is a good book. It's a little, it's sad overall um, because of like what you read in there, but it gives you a lot of insight into these giant tortoises. Why you should probably love them so much. Cause they're really awesome. I want, I want to, what I'd love to see is the big, like, um, uh, like the saddleback glops that have the tall shell oh, for yeah. raising their necks up. You never see those in zoos. Uh, you always see no, the other ones, but like, many. I just see pictures of them. I'm like, God, that is such a cool looking tortoise. That is just so specialized for where it lives. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to see one of those in person. Just a big old saddleback Galapagos tortoise. Mm-hmm. Can't even remember which species those are, but the Vulcan Darwin tortoises are the ones you see everywhere. The common ones. Yeah. Uh, in zoos. I say common <sighs> loosely. Uh, and those are all domed, domed carapace tortoises. But yeah, it would be sweet to see a saddle saddleback. There's not many. If there are any in zoos, there's not many. I mean, I'm talking like probably could count to five well like total individuals it's funny the houston zoo just opened up a big galapagos exhibit and the funny thing about it is it um, has almost no galapagos animals animals yeah because they're all protected so like it's yeah. a lot of like similar animals but with signs explaining you know they have galapagos tortoises because we have tons of those in the country and every zoo has them and you can get galops but like they don't have galapagos iguanas obviously like marine iguanas right. or the pink ones or any of that so they have like blue iguanas in there and they explain why they don't have them you know, they don't, they don't have the Galapagos penguins. They have Humboldt penguins because they're close enough and they're somewhat similar. Uh, it's just it's just that over and over. I'm like, this is a really cool building and a cool exhibit. But I'm like, there's so many things I know are on those islands that I just want to see. And y'all don't have any of them other than the tortoise, which I've seen my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the Houston Zoo does have a really good 
good collection of uh, turtles and tortoises. They've got a really good turtle guy there who uh, who's really into it. So they should be able to see quite a diverse it looks like collection of them. Like it looks like something is wrong with it. Because so Katie just looked at a picture of a saddleback. That's I didn't know what it looked uh, like. These these are evolved to eat stuff off the low branches of trees, what? so that big saddleback allows them to lift their neck higher up and get things out of trees. Because okay, that makes sense. They're it on looks an island. like something's wrong with it. Yeah, they were on an island, not not enough ground cover, so they have a lot of tree stuff. Oh yeah, here's some of them like standing. Jeez, oh, yeah. that's crazy yeah. looking. Yeah, I know, they get way up there. I had no idea what a saddleback looked like, so I had I, I Google things a lot on this show because I don't know. They're a freakish, what we're a freakish a looking Galapagos tortoise. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh yeah, no, the Houston Zoo has one of my favorite looking turtles. What is it? It's the uh, like black breasted leaf leaf turtle or something like oh, that. Oh, looks yeah. goofy Excellent as fuck though. It's turtles. got it's got this goofy face with these big old funky eyes. And I'm like, that is yeah, a- black breasted leaf turtle. That's yeah. it. This is the coolest yeah. looking little turtle. They're amazing. They don't get very big. They're very um, room temperature loving turtles. They they can survive in a much smaller kind of habitat than a lot of other tortoise species. And they are just wicked cool. They kind of have almost like independently rotating eyes where they big bug eyes where they yeah. just stare at you. They are awesome. I've worked with them. I've never kept them. But um, there's a great little book out there on them from Anthony Pierleone. If you're not familiar with him, he's a he's big into he's in the, the turtle room. Um, a nonprofit, and and he has a whole book that's great. If you want to know anything about them, it's a good book to have. It's every time Man, I see I, it, I'm, I'm like, just talking about books, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's awesome. I have tons of books. I don't read them. But James I doesn't them. read them. I read them. I do so collect them. It's, I got yeah. tons of reptile books. I've read a lot of the books on the shelf. I, I have. Hey, a lot of books are for reference, and yeah. you use them when you need them. They're no, situational. He doesn't. I have. I mean, no, he I've doesn't. I'm not co- saying he does. That's. A- <laughs> I've got the complete carpet python. That's a reference, and some boa books. Have you ever looked at it? I've looked in it. You've looked through the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> you look through the mutations and stuff. I've, like, oh. I've got like some boa books that are from like the 90s that are outdated and the, the information's probably not the best, but I it's probably a $750 <laughs> book now. <laughs> I think our kid's watching us on YouTube or something because she said, if I saw this, I would be so scared. And it's the, the same tortoise. pictures of the saddleback that I saw. Yeah. Now that little, that little leaf turtle, though, is just like, like that's the cute. That's a cute turtle. I can see, and it doesn't take like it's not a. The problem is water. I don't think a lot of people one are set up right to take care of a water turtle properly, and I don't think yeah. a lot of people that get them understand how messy they can be without the proper filtration because they're gonna shit in that water. And they're gonna shit in that water a lot. Oh yeah, they they are. Yep. You need to have a good volume of water. And you have a strong filtration, and you need to have an understanding of. Basically, not the wild nitrogen cycle, but the nitrogen cycle as it applies to aquatic life support systems, and um, that'll help you a lot. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they're not. A lot of the canister filters that you can buy, they do well, but you need additional stuff. Yeah, you need more mechanical filtration and like biofilters and towers, and there's a lot that goes into it. But it's easier to get a tortoise. So much. So, mm-hmm. That's why I said box yeah, turtles. Box turtles, so much easier. Captive bred Russian tortoises are yeah. awesome. I would I would advise if you can to try to get captive bred. They're a little more expensive, but you're going to have a lot more fun with it. I like Hermes. Um, Russian tortoises are imported in droves. I like pancakes, but they've gotten <sighs> so damn expensive. Holy cow, haven't they? I have one pair. Um, they laid eggs for me this year, but they were infertile, so I'm hoping next year. But one pair, and I never see them. So if you like interacting with tortoises, <laughs> pancakes, pancakes are not. Pancakes are not the I, one for you. I feel like if I have them well set up, then they don't ever want to see me. And they are. That's probably a good thing, If I thing, walk into though. the room and see them out, 
they like freeze and look at me and I'll turn around and like change water in like one of my cages and then turn around and they're gone. Well, another one that's little ninjas. Another one is a shame that it's, it's so protected and I get why things are protected. I'm not saying fuck that and get everything, but spider tortoises. Yeah. Like, that would be a cool really little pet pretty. tortoise if they weren't super protected, <laughs> but then there's, and they're super expensive, but breeding yes. them is, is very, very difficult. The incubation of their eggs is just insane. They literally take eight to 10 years to, um, be breeding size to even get an egg. But even like so, breeding size, what? people see breeding size spiders. And like, is that a baby? Nope. That's no, nope. that's it. <laughs> yeah. One of the smallest species out there. I worked with some of the Northern spider tortoises at the zoo and, and they are fun, cute little things. But there's some great ones. I think like just Eastern Herman's tortoises, Western Herman's yeah. tortoises are classics, um, that are really, really hardy and, uh, are produced in, in like captivity pretty regularly and and they make great pets too but well and the problem with big tortoises is a lot of people think of they're like dogs i always tell people a large locata is not a dog it's a cow yeah it is a cow that can run through a fence good point it will shit all over the place Mm -hmm. eats a ton and will run you over it's a cow it's not a dog it's not going to cuddle up it's not and every time i see someone who has there's two things i hate watching on facebook someone with a locata roaming their house i'm like that's fucking gross. I've seen them oh, pee. Yeah, I don't understand. That, that. is gross. Uh, or but with that being said, like we have two dogs and they're not even loose when we leave the house. Like they both have kennels that they go yeah. into when we're not home. Or like if our daughter, if her she's not with her dog, her dog is in her kennel. Like the dog is never loose in the, the house. Like so, I don't understand people that just like. Every free tortoises. Free rain. Like I that's know. the that's the other thing that pisses me off, and it's coming in about four months, maybe three months. It's the Solcato walking through the snow videos. My Solcato loves to walk through the snow. No, it fucking doesn't. Hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't because it doesn't snow in Africa where it's from. They don't roam through the snow. It doesn't. It is freezing, and you are dropping its temperature unnecessarily. That's interesting. I haven't seen any of those yet. Oh. I'll be on the lookout, though. Every year, I see them pop up in some of the tortoise groups, and I'm like, w- 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 stop it. And some people will tell them not to, but, you know, well, my tortoise loves it. He'll walk around the yard. It's because he's looking for heat. He's not meant to walk on snow. That is not how this works. Yeah. Just because you enjoy the snow all bundled up in your boots and jacket and cl- it is not like the snow. But that's, again, I question whether that's just someone being trying to have the best interests at heart. Versus someone trying to get some social media Stir attention. I think it's just so. I think it's a person because yeah. I've seen it happen multiple times with multiple people. I think it's again people who think of giant tortoises as dogs, and it's not a dog, but it is not definitely not a sulcata. It's like yeah. a cow rhino. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's it's they're so strong. That's another thing you don't understand. They're out so, of house and home. So strong, like it's it's ridiculous. The turtle talk so far is very strong. Are we are we pushing away any snake folk? No, I don't fine. think so. What do you guys say? <laughs> I think they'll be fine. Wait, let's, let's let's go over the question. Yeah. I want to do the question. So the, I, that so, was a great oh, question. Sure. I, I, I tweeted a little bit to get a little bit more from some folks, kind of fit everything. But I said, uh, what information do you think reptile shows should be responsible for telling customers, i.e., state laws, animal care, etc. Uh, and we got a lot of good an- good answers. I'd we like did to talk get about. a lot yet again. Uh, blew up my phone. Stephen Kennedy from uh, Steve Snake Show, who we had on the show. Uh, anybody listen, go back and listen. He talked about, we talked about show laws there, uh, laws and permits and stuff, because he lives in a part of Louisiana where you have to have ridiculous permits to be able to do the shows there. To do anything. Um, 
our friend uh, Ilaniana, Ilaniana, Ilan, I can never, Laney. I'm just going to go with Laney. It's easy to do that. Uh, she says she feels like there should be a table display at, uh, of the areas or state laws. And that would be a great idea to have it show as many printouts that people can read and take photos of a map with color code charts. Because, again, like like you said, Ryan, you don't know the the regulations in that area. And a lot of people don't because, again, local regulations and state regulations aren't always the same. And depending on your, where you live, some trump the other ones. Yes. And you don't know which one is which. And they're mm-hmm. not always very easy to find. Or that, understand when you read them. That's the part that I don't get. Like, these are laws you want us to follow but yet I can't like I should be able to easily type in something into Google and it be the first thing that pulls up and it's not. Well, and we've talked before. The problem is the way they're written. So we've talked before, but Ryan, when it, so I, I got I got in trouble for selling a carpet python in Louisiana uh, because apparently they had added Morelia to the list of things you had to have a permit to sell in Louisiana. And we didn't realize that the law had changed. Um, oh, wow. But the law also is written as um, so the way that got said was. Also, anything that can, anything that is eight foot, I forget how they word. Anyways, depending on who you ask, it's whether is it eight foot, can it reach eight foot, or is it just that species that falls under that genus? And it gets, each person you ask, it gets told to you differently. And they all work for the same state. And they're all reading yeah. the same regulation. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. All I would advise somebody at that point is to try to get a hold of somebody through email yeah. and have them try to answer you in email so you have some sort of documentation. Yeah. So if they try to get you, you're like, look, I did my part. But right. um, finding it is difficult. Like, I find it difficult just to find state-listed things. So I can't imagine county, and then I can't imagine township and, and city ordinances as well. As, as real, like It took me forever to find chicken ordinances where I live because I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to do anything ridiculous or get attached to chickens and then they take them. But <laughs> it took me forever to find it. And even then, um, the way that legislative um, terminology runs, it's it can be very difficult to understand it and comprehend. Like uh, it's, It wasn't an easy read for me. Right. Well, what does it freaking even mean by this? Can I have chickens or not? Well, in the city I work in, not where I live, but the city I work in, it's illegal to own exotics. And I'm like, okay, well, y'all aren't defining that properly because technically <laughs> that's everything outside of domesticated animals. So you can't own a hamster. You can't own a parakeet. Fish would def- technically be an exotic. But it's really aimed at like reptiles. You know it's aimed at reptiles. It's how it gets, it's aimed at yeah. reptiles and, and larger, more, you know, quote unquote dangerous stuff. But I'm like, you say no exotics. That means that guinea pig that kid has is technically illegal. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, I think some of those are written vague, not with malice, but for enforcement reasons. Yeah. Um, the more specific you get, the more you have to rely on folks in the field to be able to enforce that. And you can't expect somebody to be able to identify every little thing. So it creates issues, basically. Um, and they're hard to correct because... There's also a lot of a lot of it is directed at reptiles. It feels like, but there's also a lot of people keeping tigers and yeah, well, and te- stuff. And, and well, a lot of Texas. that is like there's more te- tigers know, in yeah. Texas than in the wild. So exactly. So I think a lot of those laws are kind of engineered toward that, and herps fall into it. But um, back to that question, like I don't know if people should or should not have those. I would find it helpful. And uh, honestly, I guess I'm with I'm the president of the Greater Cincinnati Herp Society. And uh, we have a table at our show monthly. It's, it, the Cincinnati Reptile Show is a fantastic reptile show. If you're in the Cincinnati area, definitely check it out. 
uh, it's monthly. But I should probably now that I, after I, I propose that question, I was like, that's probably an f- information sheet that I should provide <laughs> at least yeah. for for Ohio. Like just a couple like, hey, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying this should influence you or whatever, but it's information that might be helpful to you should you choose to uh, read it and, you know, or apply at the it. very least a giant like a big poster that they can see at the table because mm-hmm. they'll read that going into a show or something. They go, oh, well, I didn't know that. And so that, that, that could be something helpful because again, someone selling an animal, a lot of them aren't going to go, Hey, what are the regulations where you live? Can you, you know, I see a lot of of crocodilians sold at a show and I'm like, well, I know some of the places they live. You can't own that. Right. A lot of, a lot of us vendors even don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's be legit. Let's just be, we know usually with what animals we are working with. Like we know, okay, I know that this is okay because you don't want to get busted for something through ignorance, but it's to know the whole law completely. Like if you're not selling crocodilians or invested in crocodilians, you're probably not spending too much time understanding the crocodilian law where you live. Well, and what, so you're not going to know it. But And what killed me was it wasn't that he sold the snake. It was that that guy then turned around and resold the snake in an area where they weren't supposed no, to No, that's have, not what it was. That's not what that's that not what was. It was. I sold it to a guy when I was in Louisiana. He lived in Texas. He took it to Texas. He sold it to another guy. That guy got busted for something illegal. They found the snake. That's how they found the snake. And then somehow they traced it back to people across state lines to me. And I knew why they want they wanted to come into mouse and they expected to find find stuff. You know. Yeah. But that's not what they found. They found racks and cages and everything nice and neat and labeled. And la- so that yeah. that was not, they expected to find. I know they expected to find drugs and guns and tons of other shit because that's of course what reptile people are into. Uh, <laughs> but instead, I had to educate them on my snakes. I'm like, yeah, this is a this is a sand boa. And the guy's like, wait, is that a boa constrictor? I'm like, nope, nope, it's a sand boa. And I was like, but this one's a boa constrictor. And I had to point to another one. And then I had to point to all the other. I had to educate the wildlife fisheries guys on what animals were. As I then got tickets for selling an animal two years earlier. Oh, man. Uh, Go through was, all of that and educate them and still get the ticket? They, 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 they were like, we have to write you the ticket. Because they were, they were sent there by their boss. And yeah. like they're, they're, oh. they went to the truck and they came back and like, hey, man, we have, we have to write this. I, like, I don't right. think that that conversation had an effect on them moving forward, though. A positive effect. I would hope. I would hope. Yeah. I, was, I was very po- I was very uh polite about that because i know a lot of folks would be very rude about it although i'm like no come on in i'll show you because i know you know the one thing i knew i had was a louisiana pine snake which is protected in louisiana if but if you got it captive bred which i did it's fine and so i was like look i do have a louisiana pine snake but i got it from and before i could finish it they already knew the guy because he was on their radar because they knew knew what he had And i was like yeah mm-hmm. i got it from him and they're like okay you're good um but it's that damn carpet python that's what got me fucking carpet pythons and then i talked to a guy who breeds and sells carpet pythons in louisiana he's like oh yeah i called them they said i'm good i'm like the fuck it's the same how can he doesn't have to have anything i'm like that's because you're talking to a different person now than i talked to and they read the law differently yeah but that law is written so ridiculous and then they put like it's over eight foot was the original thing and then they put genuses on it i'm like how are you gonna put morelia on there that includes jungles and diamond python like you're talking about things that get like five six foot and then they and put, depending on how updated their taxonomy is, like if they're looking at scrub pythons were Morelia forever, if they're looking at old taxonomy, I mean, oh, oh, I know someone just Googled snakes over eight foot and when they made that, they 100% because Apodora yeah. was on there. I'm like, 
10 fucking people own Apodora. You're really hoping to find somebody <laughs> with that in their collection in this state. I was like, I can probably find you all the people that own them. I was like, that's, that is just searching snakes over eight foot and going, this is how we're writing the law. So boas were on there. I'm like, really? My boa? Like, that? you're horrible. And I asked him once when they first wrote the eight foot law. I was like, look, because I had a boa at that point that was over eight foot. And we asked the guy, I said, look, do I need a permit? And this was years prior to me getting in trouble for the carpet. He goes, look, if we walk in and have to go, is that snake over eight foot? You don't need a permit. If we walk in and go, damn, that snake's over eight foot, get a permit. I was like, okay, we're good. And then years later, I sell a carpet python and I get in trouble for selling a carpet python like I'm a criminal. Luckily, I got out of it. I think I wasn't even there. I had already moved. I had to hire a, a um, public defender. And, I, and he went and uh, the judge threw it out. I think the judge looked at it and went, the fuck is this? And just threw it out. He, he, nothing happened from it. But he like, gave it 30 seconds of his time. It's like, no. Pretty no, much. No. Yeah, he's like, we're, we're going to make a criminal of a guy that sold one snake to a dude. Yeah, I don't think so. And it doesn't out. live here anymore. Yeah, so. it's not even in the state anymore. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's go through some of the other ones. Our uh, buddy Nathan Holcomb said, because everybody has a varying level of knowledge and many give an attitude about offering advice for things they already know, I would suggest simply asking if they have any questions or if they would like to know how the breeders keep them, husbandry advice and all that. Um, yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, you definitely get different responses from people. You get people that come into a reptile show who... Uh, Let's do such. I've gone into a reptile show and, and I know what I'm talking about or looking at, but I'm not rude about it. But then you forget the ones go. Yeah, I know. I've kept a fill in like generic animal here and they're now a genius about all mm-hmm. of them. What are you looking at? I'm trying to figure out what the hell the, chame- the chameleon is doing in the corner. Goofy ass chameleon. He's like, he's holding on to a vine by his I would just tail, like to say to... And he's stretched all the way possible. I just still want to say out to like a random Lee, cricket in there. To Lee and Amanda Reddy, who talked us into getting this damn chameleon. Screw you guys. He's fabulous. I say that with like, really liking this chameleon. But- Is that a cat or a child? Oh, it's a cat. Oh, okay. We have, I have my, I have one cat. I'm married into it. And it is... Um, <laughs> and he's waiting it's for it. It's, it's got a UTI right now. So he's... He's right. isolated to a place where he's very close to the litter box. Ah. UTIs can sometimes make a cat um, make you very angry. Yes. So <laughs> he's he's in there just just while he we clear this, uh, but he gets a little angry sometimes, and um, as you just heard, he's not a fan that's of an annoyed being... cat meow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, he's like, you're out there, does... let me out. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes well, stop it's... pissing blood. Yeah. Sometimes it sounds like a small <laughs> yeah. kid, so you never really know. Uh, yeah, hopefully the kids should all be asleep right now. <laughs> so Brandon Millichamp, who lives in Canada, uh, he said our organization, the Alberta Reptile and Amphibian Society, hosts its own shows. We have online resources for vets in the province. We have four by two signs with basic care information. All vendor animals get vet checks at the show. We have care sheets on the floor. Our booth has people available to answer law questions and care help. And we try to provide as much information as possible. But people are idiots and can't read. So that is the problem. You can offer the horse to water. Correct. I was just about to say the same thing. You can offer all the information you want and people still. Yep. Uh, I love that. Good job. eh? (laughs) You and your ketchup chips. Yeah. What? You know, they, they eat ketchup flavored chips up there. They sell them in the States. You know, we sell them here as like a, a, like, Oh, look what the stupid thing that we're going to sell for a month. They know they fucking eat them there. Like it's a regular thing. Oh, I thought they were a regular thing. No, they also have poutine. So, 
you can't go wrong. I feel like okay, I get that it's a Canadian thing, but it feels like a very Southern thing. Like I get that that's there, yeah. but it's that's fried food with gravy on it. Oh, come on. It that's feels very American gravy. in general. I really feel that that was stolen. Some American moved up there and did it. And they're like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and claim that as Canadian. But come on, we, we're the South. We've, we're the kings of putting gravy on fried shit. Like we're gravy, cheese curds and French fries. Like, come on now. It's pretty American. Yeah. That's a hit right we'll, there. That's, we'll, we'll let Canada pretend to have that because what I mean, what else do they have? Maple syrup and moose. That's all they got up there. So you can pretend to have poutine. That's that true. Seems like a very American dish to me. Uh, <laughs> let's go through some of these other ones. Jason Creek Moore said the information needed to get customers through the door. I think it's uh, talking about what the uh, show needs to do. Um, I think it is a responsibility of the vendors to take care of the rest. Okay. Uh, our buddy Lee Reddy, who I was just yelling at about this chameleon that I now own. Uh, as far as reptile promoters, I would say basic info as in date and time of the expo. Also, personally walk the tables and make sure customers are not being sold anything young or unhealthy. Um, and, and that's a lot of – I read a lot of these comments. A lot of them were uh, putting the – I don't say pressure, but the onus on the breeder, the seller to yeah. inform. That's not – and I get it. I don't think that is is the show promoter's job. Uh, the show promoter's job is to make sure that the animals there are healthy so that – Sick animals aren't being sold to the general public. I do like the idea of a booth there with some of the regulations and laws. I kind of like that idea. Um, and that could be something I think promoters could do. I mean, especially people that vin that promote in a show that they do regularly in an area. You make sign one time and then just use it again and again. Um, I liked that. But a lot of them that said the, the, the this one says both promoters and vendors should be responsible for knowing the state laws and be able to recognize signs of unhealthy animals. Um, I do think uh, vendors are responsible for providing basic info um, and promoters should attempt to have herpetological societies or reptile rescues in attendance to provide educational outreach, which is great. Just not everywhere has a reptile society or club or group. A lot of times it's those vendors that travel around that are the reptile people in those areas. Um, and they're already at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of it was, yeah, the, the vendors, the promoter's job is, is to promote the show. The vendors should be offering the information. The problem is I've seen, and I know friends who've seen vendors who, uh, there was one not that long ago, the vendor sold like newly hatched corn snakes that hadn't eaten and said, yeah, just go ahead and try and feed it a live pinky and you'll it'll be, it'll be fine. That's not at all how that works. And it was a baby corn snake. Had, oh never, taken, had never taken a meal yet. Uh, also told someone, he overheard this person tell someone when selling a sulcata, they don't need UV light. What? Hmm. Like, you mean the animal that probably needs it, like, the most because they look horrible? Like, there's tons of pictures that show what happened when you don't do it? Okay. Mm. Uh, but the problem is those kinds of – there's those people at every show. No matter what level show you're at, good, bad shows, you have those people that are there making a sale. And when yep. they, talk, when they yep. talk to a promoter, they talk to the promoter the right way. And they talk to everybody else the right way. But, you know, they say certain things to customers that they know – they shouldn't and they're just trying to make a sale and unfortunately it is part of the the hobby it's not a great part of the yeah. hobby there's a lot of truth bending and um forfeiture of facts maybe <laughs> yeah I, and see and that's i'm always i don't ever want to leave anything out so i when i sell samboas or boas or anything i'm like and they're like hey can i hold this i'm like yeah you can hold it there's a chance it'll bite you like i'm, I'm automatically going to tell them that it will bite them because that will weed out a lot of folks who go, oh, wait, mm-hmm. it'll bite? Yep. 
Because I need you to know the worst case scenario. I don't want you to know the best case scenario. You know, it's funny you say that because I tell my students that too. I'm like, look, I've never been bitten by this animal, but that's because I am paying attention to the animal and I'm doing this and this is how we handle it and this is what we do if it changes. I'm like, this is a move at your own risk situation. What do you want to do? And because that's the first thing kids ask you is, does it bite? Does it bite? So here's Anything my example. Does it have a mouth? Yeah. As someone that works at a zoo, that's our answer to everything, right? Anything yeah. with a mouth can bite. Yeah. Because uh, you get that all the time. Uh, but so, like, again, the shows we do around here, I, I hold them in high regard quality wise, but it's some of the vendors I don't trust. So Katie's co worker's sister, they just bought their first snake. Shit. <laughs> And, uh, okay, so I, I still need to get some more information. If it's their we, first first snake? We think... We think it's their first snake. It's their first snake ever. So hold on. Before we say what species... We think. I'm going to let Ryan... It's their first snake. Do you want to take a guess at what they bought? Ball python. Nope. Nope. Mmm. <laughs> it's non-venomous. I will, I will tell you that. That's, I hope so. <laughs> then uh, Burmese python or reticulated python? No, it doesn't get big. It doesn't get big. Oh, man. But it does have really sharp teeth. You get a green tree python or an emerald, emerald. tree boa? Emerald an emerald tree, tree boa. boa. Imported, probably? Oh, 100%. I know, I know what show it was at, so I know who... Damn. 100%. And I'm like, well, that's not a very good first snake. Yeah. My coworker this year, she's funny. She's She loves that I have so many animals in my room. She's not a big fan of the snake, but she is like, it's cool. It's back there. I just don't have to go near it. Like She's like, the kids love it. That's all that matters, which I respect more than I can ever put into words. Uh, but she texted me. She was like, my sister-in-law got a snake. And I was like, okay, I'm going to need way more well, details she sent the that. picture. I'm like, She what? sent the picture. I'm like, oh, that's a that's an emerald tree bow. What the fuck? Yeah. She told me it was green. And I'm like, she got a green snake? I'm like, this is her first snake? And she was like, I think so. And I was like, there's no way she got an emerald tree boa or a green tree python for her first snake. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe she got a green tree python. Those are a little more common, you know, captive bred. I like never even imagined emerald. And then I'm like, hey, you give me a picture of that? Because I was telling him about it. He's like, get a picture because we can probably figure out who it came from. Sure enough, like we knew exactly. Like I was started asking like two questions and I had all the information I needed and I'm yeah. like, oh goodness! And I'm look, I'm the king of buying. My, look, my first snake was a horrible first snake, and he lived for 17 years. I don't know how. I should have killed him way earlier. Uh, but I bought a Brazilian tree boa, a baby a Brazilian tree boa, a Brazilian rainbow boa as my first snake. Um, horrible first snake. I, I recommend it to absolutely no one as a first snake. <laughs> um, but I will say they they trumped me. An emerald tree, an emerald tree boa is a worse first snake. Yeah. yeah. I try to tell people when they're looking at their first snake, like um, whether they make good or bad pets is really up to them. But yeah. your odds, I kind of let them know the odds, like your odds of having success with an established corn snake are really high. Your odds of having success with a northern emerald tree boa are not nearly as high uh, for a variety of reasons. A bite is going to suck. Oh, yeah. It will be defensive, especially at night. Um it may have issues. A lot of these ones come in with, with a variety of things going on. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, but you can always be surprised that, like you said, that like you had a Brazilian rainbow boa, like um, probably somewhat of an impulse buy. And yes, 100 percent assume. Um, but you learned and you got it. And, you know, there's a lot of people like that. But just your odds of success are just so low. I would hate for that to be someone's first experience with a snake is all. It's like, 
So that's you have a corn snake. You can handle it. They come in a variety of colors. They don't need any any really careful temperature guidelines. Like your odds of success are high, and then if your success is high, you're probably going to enjoy and have a good experience with that animal. Correct. Have a positive lo- outlook on herpetoculture in general. And Whereas so- you get lit up by an emerald tree boa, <laughs> and you're like, this thing is horrible. Why would anybody <laughs> sell this to me? Yeah. Um, and it's not a baby. It kind the of sours is, the situation. It's an adult. No, they don't so, import babies. Yeah. It's an adult. It's going to hurt. I've seen the teeth on yep. those things, and they're horrifying. The jaws uh, yep. alone. I mean, it's got a bulldog. It's, well, it's, its name literally stands for dog. I mean, because yeah. it looks like a dog. So, uh, but that's that's where I kind of, so I kind of put some onus on a show promoter. I don't put onus on a show promoter because the person is selling the animal, but I put them on onus on the show promoter because the person's allowed to come back and do it again right mm-hmm. I, I i understand as a show promoter you can't always be responsible for what they sell but you yeah. should have vendors you can trust to not sell an emerald tree bow to someone as their first snake and i get it they're trying to make a sale because they need to make money because they need to pay for the hotel and the gas and the table and and all these things but i guess that's a problem when it comes to this hobby is when it becomes a job for some people Unfortunately, they do have to lower some of their standards, whether they want to or not. You have to if you need to be able to pay rent that month. And yeah, that's where it comes down to that. Well, and that's where it becomes a problem when you're dealing with live animals is when you when you have to do that as a hobbyist. I can go to a show. If I go to a show and don't make anything, I've already accounted for not making anything at that show. If I don't yeah. sell anything. Yeah, no, I'm good. I, I didn't sell anything. I, I accounted for not selling it. But little devil's advocate here, though, at the other side, you don't know what the like your friend in this case, you don't know what the buyer is saying. Yes. You don't know what information mm-hmm. they're providing. And um, that plays a big role, too. I'm I'm a little I'll ask a few questions. A lot of times you can tell as a as a oh, vendor, yeah. as someone oh, yeah. selling, you can tell within a few message exchanges, like get a good idea if this person understands what they're getting into or not. And. Um, I'm not usually too worried about it because carpet pythons and rat snakes are typically very hardy. Yeah. I'm necessarily worrying about it. Usually I have to tell them, don't worry, it's not going to get seven or eight feet. <laughs> it can if you want to go crazy with feeding, but um, odds are you have a four or five foot snake. But yeah, there's on there's onus everywhere. Um, and uh, the one thing I want, I so I'm I'm kind of ambivalent towards that question I pose. Like um, I think there's cases for and against there's liability reasons for and against for show promoters. And there's a lot more to think about because I'm not a show promoter, but I know how involved it can be, but I do our, our show, our local show, the sin city show, they do a really good job of weeding out bad vendors. And I really am impressed to see that there's a, a very well-known vendor who would come there and sell the sickest freshly imported stuff um, over and over and over again. And then, it just hit a point they got rid of them. So uh, the person's not allowed to vend there, which is excellent. And that's what we need to be. That so is what good. you need, yes. need to be doing. Yeah, I just I get tired of seeing people sold animals that you know are not setting that person up for success. And it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. There's a lot. I mean, people, <laughs> the nasty truth of a lot of herpetocultures, there's a lot more animals that die every year. I'd love to understand the statistic of how many animals actually just die on a yearly basis as people are learning uh, which ones they are. It would be sad to look at, but I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people. I, I have definitely 
you know, lost a bunch of animals through my learning. Oh yeah. And through making mistakes, but it happens. It's a sad truth, but I don't know how you combat that. It's, it's who do you put the onus on is, and that's why herbicides like probably need to do a little better job. And um, we have awesome folks that man the table um, for the, herp, for the greater Cincinnati herb society. And they're full of great information. We have fact sheets and stuff. And um, but yeah, there's always more you can do, but all you can do is give information and then people will make their own decisions and do what they want. So, correct. and I'm not going to really rally against that. It's just like, you do your best. You say, here's the facts. Um, if you still want to go through with it, I mean, that's fine. If you don't want to do it, that's fine too. I mean, I'm, I'm only invested in giving you the information a lot of times and what you choose to do with it. Hopefully I've, I've helped you one way or the other. When you just, you, I don't know. It's just so tricky because we deal with live animals and it's different than someone selling goods. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you talk about how many animals die. You know, how many people have seen an adult bearded dragon? It's such a common animal. And how many people that have bought an adult bearded dragon or bought a baby bearded dragon got it to adulthood? Or how many people we talk about sulcatas, right? Healthfully, healthfully. Or or retics. Look at how many retics are sold nowadays. Where are all the adult retics at? Because I don't see them. You'd think people would be posting these adult retics online, but you don't see a lot of them. You don't see a lot of adult sulcatas. There should be. Because a lot of them are sold, but you don't see a ton yep. of adult sulcatas. How old are mm-hmm. ours now? Uh, born in 2007. Oh, okay. Or, well, I don't know when Notch was born, but the big one, I think, was around 2007. Oh, nobody knows how old Notch is because yeah, he, 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 he was, was found, brought to found wandering around next to a road. So Yeah, and they brought him to the zoo, and our director was like, here, take him home to your crew. And Yeah, and he's named Notch because he's got this giant <laughs> notch into his side from just malnutrition. Oh, it almost fella. it almost looks like they had him like tied on a leash, and that's like oh. that's almost what it looks like. They had it's him like tethered? a little notch, yeah. But it's only on one side, so it it's, is it's, only on it's it's. it's very, but I've seen some that were not tied no. that did not get UV and did not get proper nutrition, and they get that stuff too. Really, the shells oh, wow kink in and he's cool towards them. He does not let it slow him down. Don't feel bad for him. No, he's goofy. <laughs> That's no problem. I don't feel I don't, bad. I just said, oh. I'm only ever given males. And I'm just like, all right, guys, you just have to uh, fight each yeah. other because I don't know what to tell you. It's just That's another thing. It's like, people are like, I want a lot of tortoises. No, you don't. Have you ever seen two male sulcatas go at it? It is not. That's, everybody sees that vid- those videos online of like the tortoise flipped over and the other one coming over and, and hitting it until it flips back over. Like no. his friend helped him out. I was like, no, that asshole flipped him over. Yeah, that's the reason he's <laughs> spinning around on his back. I'll never forget though the day that Notch finally got the one up on the bigger male at our oh, and house. He flipped him, and he flipped the bigger male. And you would have thought he had like he was ruling the roost. He was walking around with his head high. <laughs> that was the day. first fight he's ever I won. Was like, oh god! <laughs> it was just because the big one took the wrong step and lifted too high. Yeah, and Notch got and right Notch underneath just him. Ran right under him. And oh man! Pushed him over. Yeah. Celebrate while you can. Not. He, he did. Yeah. He, he did. did. And then, <laughs> so and then, and then Speedy got flipped back over and yeah. went after him. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it shows are, are a weird thing. I love shows. And look, I've mm-hmm. got friends at shows that I also, at the same time, like, I wish you didn't sell stuff. Like, I like <laughs> you as a person. I don't like your business practices. Um, yeah. I don't know what to do about that. I but know. It's kind of like, it's a rock and a hard place. You know, but there is also 
so many great folks doing an excellent job yes. bending as well. Absolutely. So I think we've been, uh, I've I felt like I've been like harping on the, on the negatives, but there's, <laughs> there's a lot of people who are setting the mark and setting the example too. And so there's a lot of great role models and mm-hmm. examples out there for us to, to oh, yeah, look no, up to and, and follow. We've had a lot on this show cause we'll go do live shows from the, from the expos. And we had, um, Oh, I can't remember his name, but the guy that did the indigo that breeds indigos, super knowledgeable on all the indigos and taking care and raising and breeds. I'm like, that was awesome. He's doing it the right way. And then uh, our friend David over at Eclectic Reptiles, I don't know anybody that does does what he's doing better than anybody else on earth. His stuff is always amazing and always out to give information. But like I said before, uh, it's tricky because people, <coughs> the first person they give that gives them information, that becomes the gospel to a lot of people. And yeah. so you've got to be that first person. You can't let someone else be that first person because they'll always go, well, so-and-so told me to do it this way, so I'm going to do it that way. And I'm like, but, yeah, but so-and-so is not the right person to listen to. But it's not just reptiles when you talk about that. Though. No, that's like, it's, it's a lot of different things in life. Well, yeah. so-and-so said to do it this way or so-and-so said to do it this way or I've always done it this way. I mean, we're both teachers. Well, we watch, see that every day. Watch in our Facebook profession. groups. The first person to comment on how to care for something is the person that's only had that same thing for a month. Yeah. But they'll tell you exactly how to take care of it. First impressions, man, they're important. Um, and I think what I've seen a lot of people do, unfortunately, is usually if you hear something wrong, a lot of herpers do this, but not all of them. But um, you're like, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's bad. You can't be doing that. You have to. And then that's that's a you're setting yourself up for disaster yeah. by talking to someone, by coming at them that way. Be like, oh, that, that's one way to do it. I like to do it this way. And I find it's easier and a little like you sell like, you know. You're not trying to blast somebody. You just, oh, okay. Well, here's some more information maybe you could use to maybe influence your decisions early later on. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I definitely was one who was like, that's probably a terrible way to do it. Why don't you do it like I do it? Um, and then as you get older and a little more experienced <laughs> and hopefully a little less angry at, at stuff like that, you're like, okay. Yeah. They're just doing what they think is is best on on the information they have, and I can share what I have and see if that's something they find useful. One of my uh, favorite things, one of my favorite things that I was told one time in a workshop and it was like, it was a quilting class. Like it wasn't even, it had nothing to do with animals. It had nothing to do with teaching, but I, we had put something together and the instructor goes, I really like that you did this, this way. If that works for you, great. Something that may work easier for you would be this and it was just like the whole way she phrased because Mm -hmm. it was a correction let's just be real it was a correction i had done it wrong but she didn't phrase it like oh you're wrong it was that worked for you if you're comfortable go for it this might be easier for you and you know that's uh, people don't know how to talk to each other nowadays that's the big issue well we talk in definites like it's definitely got to be this way but in reptile keeping there's a ton of ways to keep certain animals right. Like a uh, completely uh, naturalistic environment cage with all this stuff is one way. Also in some animals, a simplistic cage, it's easy to clean and easy to take care of is also another way that it can be done. Neither way is technically wrong, but we have a tendency that if someone keeps something one way, 
it becomes this is the only way you can do it. Yeah. So the Reddies and chat said according to Facebook uh, chameleon groups that they're the worst ones. Oh, they are uh, so bad. You're not allowed to offer any other possible way to keep a chameleon other than the way they say it, you got to keep it, and they will attack you. And it is. I got. I mean, I got. You blocked. got kicked out of several groups On day within one, like tw- less than 24 hours. Posting a picture. Them. I just posted a and picture. All he did was post a picture, and they were like booted. Oh. It was ridiculous. Huh. I had like a two a two month ban where I could see stuff but I couldn't say anything because I posted a picture with my chameleon cage that has fake plants in it. Our oh. four foot I'd probably by leave that two group foot to be honest. Cage. Yeah, well, and, and so I'm in like three chameleon groups, and they were all the problem is they're all like moderated by the same people. They're I mean, in all could, these groups. You could see the cage on the screen. It's oh, yeah. freaking huge. Back like, there. yeah, yeah, he seems he seems horrible. Like he is cruising tonight he's though. So upset, but yeah, it's but again, there's positive. You sh- you've got to be the positive person. And uh, as I said before, our reptile hobby, a lot of people in our hobby are very uh, withdrawn. They're not huge people people. <laughs> and so mm. talking to the public sometimes is hard. But if you have a passion for an animal and, and you're taking care of them and you've kept them for a long time, you've got to find a way to talk to people. Uh, and, you yeah. know, the readies who are in the chat are amazing at it. They'll talk you into. I mean, they'll talk you into a chameleon. It's a beautiful a thing. Because I've done it. <laughs> but uh, I won. But they talked me into getting it after years of going, I'll never do it because they'll die. And then they gave me the right information. And we haven't killed it yet. So we're doing pretty good. Jim and I have the same birthday. That's why. That's why we got him. We share a birthday. Uh, I still think they lied to you. I don't care. I think they lied to you and make a sale. His I birthday, have his a birthday birth is like March 3rd. It's nowhere near I June. have a hatch date certificate that says we share a birthday. Nah, that's just, all that matters. They just lied to you. I don't care. <laughs> It's only a lie if you choose not to believe it. That's right. <laughs> uh, I wanted to run through some of the things in our over in our Reptile Gumbo podcast discussion group. There's some things that got posted. Uh, sure. A lot of things to watch. Uh, there's a there new were one a lot of on videos. Netflix. There was um, Steven Spielberg and he's doing uh, Life on Our Planet, which looked really interesting. The same people did Our Planet. Or, I don't know. It's a very interesting uh, thing on on Netflix. Another one coming out is the one you saw. It's, it's the, the new Ar- Adam Sandler movie. I think it was Tracy that tagged yeah. him in it, maybe. It's uh it's class pets. And it's yeah. all about them from like and they even talk about how like the fifth graders are coming in and I'm like, oh my God, this is so true. This is a hundred percent how my animals feel in my classroom. <laughs> but I mean it's horrible. They cohab this cartoon lizard with this turtle. Oh yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> these cartoon these cartoon animals are gonna die. Uh but yeah he, oh, Adam no. Sandler plays a cartoon like iguana and uh I don't know. It looks funny. It's a cute movie yeah. on Netflix. I've not seen that one. I'll look for it. Well, it doesn't actually come out. Sorry, I have a fourth graders or Jeremy. Um, it comes out in November, I think. Like, Maybe. it's not out yet. November 21st. Yeah, because it comes out Thanksgiving break. Oh, okay. So. Uh, yeah, I haven't even seen any previews for that one mm-hmm. yet. And then, uh, let's see, Travis Wyman posted some cool stuff, some things uh long horned long nose horned frog that is a too long of a name uh-huh long nose horned frog long nose talking about mega freeze it's i'm pe- gonna look it up pella pello batricus nasutus yeah absolutely not yep, i got nothing uh also blunt head slug snake what is up with these those are cool they like suck slugs out of their. Uh, it's weird. Its species name is shell. boa. Like it's not the genus, but the species name is boa. That's an odd one. There was some cool oh, stuff there. Pelobotrachus. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm still back there. They changed the the genus used to be Megafreeze. That is a now very, it's Pelobotrachus. That's a, that's problem. one that I'd love to see folks uh, um, 
spend some time with because that's a species that was imported a lot and it's just not reproduced much. Those are the species I find more interesting. That's how I got into like hingeback it's, tortoises and conixies. Hingeback tortoises is, uh, are really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tend neat. to like them. I'm pretty invested in the Holmes hinchback tortoises. Is, so is this is this long nose horn frog? That's not the same thing as a Borneo horn frog, is it? Mm, Bornean eared frog? Eared or frog. Or that's Solomon thinking, Island? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Bornean eared frogs and they're Solomon Island leaf frogs. Maybe I'm thinking of Borneo eared frog. If you look up the uh, Sila, uh, Solomon Island leaf frogs, they're very similar but different. Those I think are cool. that might be what you're thinking of. Those are yeah. cool because their life stage is terrestrial. They lay their eggs on land and then they hatch. They go through their whole metamorphosis and then hatch out of the egg as a frog. That's pretty neat. Yeah, they're pretty wicked. They're cool. I, uh, Those are the Solomon Island ones. I don't know anything about the megafreeze or the whatever they are, Pelobotrachus. I'm going to pull up this so people know people can fuss at me later, but go ahead and share the screen so I can show some of the stuff. Uh, this is just a cool one as far as iguanas go because they're iguanas. Just some cool photography oh, that Nathan yeah. Holcomb posted. Uh, our buddy Max is over in Komodo. So Max posted a video or a picture of him taking a picture of a Komodo. Still didn't get eaten, James. He hasn't gotten eaten yet. <laughs> yet. That, he, that makes me sad. I was supposed to go to Komodo um, and help with the Komodo survival program uh, through work for two weeks doing captures and, and studies there. I was supposed to go over there at the end of February in 2020. Oh, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> the oh, worst. All, all you have to say is that date nearby is like, oh, fuck. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. And I was ready to go until they shut it down. They're like, no, nah, we're not doing it anymore. Our, uh, Son of a bitch. Our buddy Max has let us down multiple times. He didn't get. No, you. no, 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 no. It's us. That. It's all of us. It is not us. Let all it of us down. You. He was supposed to get eaten by a grizzly bear. And went to Alaska, didn't get eaten by the grizzly bear. No, but he got some amazing shots of him. Uh, he went and took uh, pictures of whales. I was hoping to get eaten by a whale. That didn't happen. Oh, those were also great pictures. <laughs> He's now went to Komodo, got pictures of dragons, didn't get eaten by a dragon. Mm-hmm. Just really getting let down. Like, Just get eaten by something, Max. Get eaten no. by something. It'll make him famous. That one guy got eaten by grizzly bears and he became famous. I love how you just skipped through the brain worm. There's a brain worm. It's it weird. Creeped me out. I'm gonna skip right past it. I Travis read the article brain and it grossed me out. I'm getting past it. It's really creepy. This video was weird as hell. I had to I watch it like three times because I didn't understand what Whoa. I was watching. I didn't watch the rest of the video of all the other animals because I didn't care. It was just the snake flipping over and over again, and because of its ringed pattern, it's like it's trying to make you dizzy. Some of, some of this other stuff was pretty cool. I did watch uh, part of. Is that video. a Gennard? Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's yeah, just all wicked little animals. It's like a sea robin or something. It's a. That's a flying gunard. It's a really fun word. These two ospreys fighting. Our one just stole a yeah, like duck it, or something it from it. Took it from the other one. Like this. Uh, Fuck that. That is someone stupid. This moose just like hangs out in the woman's car with her. That's that's stupid people that deserve to get hurt. Um, that's a moose. Yeah. That's not a. F- people that let monkeys oh, get on them are fucking crazy. This scares me also. Yeah. Primates frighten me. Monkeys All scare the crap out of me. As someone that has worked around primates, in a zoo, God. you yes. understand. And I don't care how big or small they are. The small ones, oh. in my opinion, are scarier. Please tell me it pooped on her. I hope it I pooped on her. I just don't get it. I don't. Yeah. Oh, screw that. Oh, yeah. This guy. That's had an like, orangutan with yeah, a baby. With a baby. And it just came in their house. So a lot of this stuff is not happening in the United States. Well, no. Um, no. Obviously. No, no. The stupid ones where people go. Like uh, the, the moose most likely did. That's that's definitely. Number. That thing's just taking a bath in there. Just went into their bath bathroom and was like, I'm going to go ahead and clean up in here. Yeah. it's. Uh, it and now there's one just drinking Cokes. Oh, no. All just, right. 
Okay, so this is a this is an orangutan that used to be around people. This yeah. is not a this is not something that just wandered out of the jungle. Uh, the next video, he opened a bottle and is drinking a bottle of Sprite. Yeah, this guy you can kind of see it in the video. It's small on our on our screen. I'm going. That's Australia. Yeah, he's there. Like, like a red belly black don't snake. Don't move. It's just gonna mm. move past you, and it does. The snake literally just moves past. Seen tons of these videos. The octopus just squeezes out of a little tiny hole on a boat because it's a bycatch product from netting. Yeah. Uh. And they're like, that would creep me out. They're trying That's to figure cool. out a way to like get it off the boat, and they're and it won't go. Like, bless them. Like they really are trying to help it out here. And just plops into the ocean. The yeah, number That's nine. GPO. The next video is my favorite. Yeah. though. it's a little baby sea turtle. But watch <laughs> because this part's really sad. Does it get eaten by oh, a fish? Oh, it does. Don't no, better. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, oh. Oh, that's why they but have so life. many. Yes, that's life. <laughs> yeah, I want to see manta rays oh, jumping out of the water. <sighs> like I'd love to. See oh that yeah, in this person. one was pretty funny too. It's a guy in like a hunting thing. That's a bobcat. Screw yeah. that. Bobcats yeah. don't scare me as much as like if a cougar walked up on me. But still, I've been around bobcats that I'm not happy that. Yeah, they're not fun cats to be around. Yeah, certain parts of the year. I'm like no. See, at least this person's smart. They're upstairs in their house with the bear in the yard. Yeah, no, there are tons the of videos. Like, just comes in. This is probably in Texas because it's so freaking hot. And the bear is like, I'm just going to cool off in your swimming pool. Like, no big deal. And that literally, that's what the bear does. Like, it just chills on the steps. Yeah, it, looks like a, it looks like a black bear. And it's just hanging out. The people are upstairs in their house looking through the window. Like, what is happening? See, where are these guys out of their... Oh, oh, there's, there's another black bear. Yeah, they got back in their car, though. So, yes, yeah, as, as someone who's driven through a park that has black bears and we saw them, I did not have the urge to get out of my car and walk nope. towards it. Nope. It's not Yogi. It's no. just not. But I do see there's another. They let, let monkeys climb on them. No. That kid's freaking out, too. That is the right. So why is he doing that? Yeah, I don't understand. Like, why are you letting wild animals? Oh, screw that. Zebras are scary. Those Everybody thinks a zebra is like a horse, but it is not. They are not domesticated and they are strong. I think just walk if right. They were up like it. horses. People would be riding zebras, and you don't see people riding zebras. No, they can grab a person and just throw them. What the hell's are they coming up on? Bigfoot? What is that? It's a moose. Oh hell no! Yeah, that's an animal that scares me. Yeah, moose scare the crap out of me. They're massive. I think people underestimate how big they are. Yeah, is that a whale shark? Any mammal that's bigger than me, yeah, is right. freaky. That's a whale shark. I'm not afraid of a whale shark. Those are kind of, that one's kind of, and that's literally just like I think maybe they were like underwater diving or something. And so my first experience with the zoo I ended up working at. I went to go visit before I started there, and uh, I had interned at a zoo that had monkeys. And the rules: don't get near the spider monkeys. They're on on an island. Don't go out there. They'll, they'll mess with you. I get to the zoo. Uh, one of the keepers is leaving for the day, going home. She's the one that always takes care to of the, the baby. zoo in Louisiana. Yeah, she always takes the baby primates home. That if we have baby primates, she had three young spider monkeys. I go and we're talking. They're on and, leashes. Nope, they weren't. Oh, they weren't? Nope. And then one jumps up on my shoulder and I just freeze. And they're like, it's okay. I'm like, no, no, no. Nope. No, it's not. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need the spider monkey off of me. Because uh, all I can imagine the spider monkey is going to bite me. It's going to grab me. I, I need it gone. It's cute and adorable until it's I would it's go not. eat lunch with them on my lunch break because I didn't have anybody else to eat with in the education department. Yeah, no. <laughs> spider monkey no, scare me. When, when I was at the Bronx, they had Langers. If you're familiar with Langers, yes, Langers carry a uh, strain of herpes that is lethal to humans. Oh, fun! Yeah, so I Whoa. ever since that, I was like, I'm just gonna stay. I primates are really cool critters that I like to see yes. as a visitor yes. in the zoos. Yes, um, but I'm 
I've never had a, a passion to work no. with them. No, ever. never. Especially, uh, they don't all carry that, but that's enough. To all I need is one. Just one. One will ruin it for you. Well, it's like that tick that makes it mm-hmm. so you can't eat pork, pork or meat. Can't eat meat or meat or something. Yeah, they give you get bit by the tick or something. Yeah. What would I do with my life? Well, no, but because now that we know Doctor Ben Morrell, he can tell us where to go to get the pork that you can't eat. Oh, that's right. Because he was right. on that that's project. Right. He was on that project. Mm. I remember that. Where they made pigs you can't eat. Yep. So, I mean, I'm sure they're expensive, but you can still eat bacon. There you go. So life's not over. <laughs> uh, I need to go listen to this video. I'm not going to play it now. You, we can't really play it It's here. a barking gecko. And it's pretty funny. He's a cute little lizard. Uh, our friend April uh, used to have barking geckos. The next this, one. Okay, this is the one I posted. This is the one where I would. James would probably be in jail. Let's just be real. I'm not going to lie. Uh. FedEx guy uh, sends a text to the person after he delivers a package. Says, "Hope Nebraska. you did In Nebraska, mm. says, "I hope you didn't have a pet rattlesnake." And he killed the rattlesnake on their doorstep. Now, look, the person posting this probably was happy about it because the general public would be. If I had video footage of, on my doorbell camera of someone coming up and killing a snake on my doorstep, I would lose my ever-loving shit on them and everything about them. I, oh, I saw this and it made me sick. And of course, you go through and read the responses. He's a hero, and everybody loves him because people suck. It's a good opportunity. It's a that's what we call a coachable moment. Oh, you know, I, I, I just I, let him know. Good intentions, um, just ignorance, kind of shows through, and that's what most folks are. We, I think, we're sometimes isolated and um, yeah, into you know our world internally. I would be raging, but I would say, hey, where you at? Let's let me talk to you and. That's about the best you can do. Like, and if maybe you feel with, threatened. There's people you can call. There's no reason to kill an animal. And maybe with I time, appreciate the intention, but if I had time to get home, breathe, slow down. Yeah. But in the moment, had I seen that, I, I don't know if I could have collected myself. It's tough. Uh, so yeah, that's what we had on our on our uh, page for the week. So, but uh, we're getting close. Almost time to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you haven't been here the whole time, Katie, but been here a lot. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, I, I was being a very responsible parent. I wanted to talk more about Ryan's turtles and we didn't get to all of his turtles. Somebody needed to be responsible. Mm. Well, then it sounds like Ryan may have to come back for another episode. I'm all for that because we never have anybody to talk turtles. Mm-hmm. And so I never get to talk about turtles or find out more stuff about turtles. I did gonna... spend a lot of time talking about zoo stuff. I know because I always like talking we about other zookeepers. It's good. But it's good to is. talk about other zoo yeah. stuff. Because other zookeepers understand. If I want to come back on sometime, you guys want to talk turtles, that's always cool. Also, go. there is a pretty good podcast out there yes. where you can learn a lot about turtles. Yes. Uh, and it's called Let's Talk Turtles Podcast. Uh, <laughs> you can stream it anywhere. Or I have a red a website, rad-reptiles.com. I've got a blog on there and um, a whole bunch of stuff. Trying to make it just a portal of information and stream the podcasts on there as well. And for those folks uh, that like to binge listen to podcasts you you have several episodes already so it's it, they they can go yeah, through and listen yeah. would you say that your podcast is child friendly it is they don't need yeah 100%. ours is not ours started different my wife and i started it during the pandemic and um she works with zoos but she's a water quality specialist uh so she's got a little bit of a different angle and then uh, she kind of lost interest a little bit got busy didn't have time for it so there was a a reimagining of the podcast and Tom came in and expressed some interest and kind of it's a more um, 
more typical podcast uh, format now. Um, but I re- it's really picked up. It's a different direction. But we've had some really great guests on it. We're really uh, we we publish every two weeks, so we've got some in the can that are coming out. And um, the one that came out today is uh, we had Chad Brown from Shipy Reptiles. Oh yeah, um, and he answered a lot of great questions. Just sometimes I think we get as reptile folk we uh, we get we forget some of the basics. So mm-hmm. Chad did a great job of going over like. What even is ship your reptiles? What is a third party shipper? Like, how does that even work? And uh, a lot of the basics behind that to make people feel comfortable with shipping phase packs, things like that. Yeah. So I think he did an excellent job um, sharing a lot of really pertinent information for both like people who have never shipped anything or use one of these companies, as well as folks who are uh, seasoned in that in that regard. So it was a really cool. I couldn't thank Chad enough for coming on. Um and I think it's a great episode. I'm biased, but I think it's a great episode. That's awesome. Yeah, we uh, we tricked our friend Debbie from Reptiles to You into being on an episode once at a rep- at a show because I knew we wouldn't be able to get her over the internet because that's too much technology. <laughs> she wasn't going to do that, but we we trapped her at a show and had her talk. Um, but I shipped I, I shipped out a snake a, mo- a few weeks ago for the first time in oh, wow. a couple of years now, uh, and of course nervous the entire damn time. Like I'm just always mm-hmm. so nervous shipping out a snake. A lot of my students in my zoology club are always looking for good podcasts to listen to. Well, that's a good so, one. Obviously, uh, ours is not ever no, getting brought up in conversation. No. Uh, I can't. No, this one's good. There's a shit every now and then. I, I, I can't um, help it. Okay. I feel like that's okay. I yeah. have to edit myself all day long around kids. So like when I'm here, I'm like, nope, I, I got to get it out of my system or else it just builds up. Yeah, I feel you there. That's my work mouth. Yeah, because I don't have. I'm around my kids all the time, so I really watch it. And Yeah. You know, our kid learns cussing from someone else. Yeah, it's a problem. Not yeah. me. <laughs> it's actually not. That's the really sad part. Like, it's not it's, me. Uh, ugh, it's bad. I say anything else going on? Oh, I've got a, a Mexican rosy boa that is never going to give birth. Apparently, <laughs> we're supposed to get rain this weekend. We're never getting rain. We Texas might, will never get rain again. We might. It's on. It's on like four days. We will of never next week. We will we're never get rain again. Percentage of rain. All of our yards. You don't necessarily need the rain. You just need the low pressure to come in. No, that's what triggers. No, our yard needs the rain. But we need the rain. Yard, yeah. All of our yards have uh, shriveled up. You can see they've all pulled away from sidewalks. Yeah. And there's giant cracks in them now. It's bad. Uh, It's looking rough out there. Yeah. My Uh, backyard is entirely clay. Oh, geez. It looks like a barren landscape. Mm. We're experiencing drought conditions too. Sucks, doesn't it? Gosh. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. But your drought conditions aren't 110 degrees, right? No, not really. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, last week, all the the whole week, our real fields were in like the 110s, 115s. Yeah. And our temperatures were like 98, 100. But no, they weren't actually 110. Sunday, it was 110. Yeah, the heat index, I think, got up to like 118 at one point. Yeah, no thanks. In case anybody's wondering, that's that's too hot. In case guys. Yeah. Also on Sunday was our daughter's outdoor rock concert. It was so bad. Oh, wow. The rock concert was not. The rock concert itself was wonderful. They sounded great, and she did a beautiful job on her. We luckily, our, our time was at 6 p.m. and not 2, 2 p.m., but still. Oh. That's so rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The things we do for kids. Exactly. Jesus Christ. Kids suck. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, so if you want to get a hold of, of you, we know that there's the Let's Talk Turtles, but also they can get a hold of you. Through your your website, you because you are you have a website. Yep. No one else has websites anymore. But 
You've got one. I don't know why I love it. Uh, so I, <laughs> I update it pretty regular. The new job in summer, my blog has gotten a little well over. Uh, it's a little past due, but uh, I had a blog post explaining that, so that's okay. But yeah, you can go info at rad-reptiles.com or message me on Facebook, either personally or through Rad Reptiles. is is fine if you want to. If you have a reason that you want to get a hold of me, feel free to reach out. And then also, uh, awesome. the, the Reddies reminded me, if you want to hear about uncommon chameleon species, tune in this Friday. I'll be hosting a podcast with Lee and Amanda Reddy with, and Craig from Primo Chameleons. He breeds Parsoni Parsons, so giant-ass Parsons chameleons. I was just about to ask, are those the really big ones? The, the, the chihuahuas with curly tails that yeah. can climb trees. Uh, tune in next on Friday. We will, we'll post the, the video we'll get posted on our Gumbo podcast page and over on their page. And we'll be talking chameleons. They'll be talking chameleons. I'll be asking so stupid chameleon-related questions because yeah. you're just running the equipment. Let's be real. I'm, I just know that Parsons are gigantic. That's 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 what I bring to the table for that conversation. So I guess I'm hauling our kid to all of her obligations on Friday. Yep, I'll be here talking about gigantic okay. chameleons. <laughs> so uh, again, if you want to, you weren't here for the cage and rack thing, so I no. If you want to reach out to Robert, ellisreptileracks.com. dot com. Uh, yeah, for cages, racks, acrylic stuff signs you know stuff you carve in with a laser or CNC. don't forget if you need rodents here in the shop. texas area check out little shop of horrors um viv tech products gotta get you some uvb bulbs from viv tech use code gumbo 22 say 15 percent. they're amazing people over there uh i think that's it i don't think i have anything else and go check out my snake that i'm pretty sure didn't have babies oh i have uh rats in the garage that i need to feed out okay but it's only mediums so it's just medium rats because i forgot to pull them the other night Okay. I've realized I met, and I'm, I, I know this is recorded, so I probably shouldn't say it. I may have too many snakes. We <laughs> have it on record, no, no. people. Oh, with that said, we I'm not have getting it on record. Well, no, with that said, I'm not getting rid of anything. Oh, I know you're not. It's but just, I thought I pulled enough rodents for everything. That's fine. You know what you can do and to I make didn't. up for that? You know what you can do? What? This weekend, you can help me move my, my box turtle into my classroom mm. so we can have our closet back. That's fair. Yeah, but that's a 40 But then we tank. are not quarantining anything in the closet for what? at least till January. But that's the quarantine space. Nope. Not till January. I still have snakes in there being quarantined right now. But they're little. They don't count. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. If you want to get a hold of us, it's Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, Facebook at gmail.com. Um, see us at the next show. Conroe. We'll be at Conroe in two weeks. Come see us. Robert, myself, Katie will all be there. You will. Um, we'll be recording some stuff there. So come by, say hi if you come to the Conroe show. Yeah. We'll be back next week with um somebody. I don't have anybody yet, but we'll be back next week with somebody. Ryan, stick around for a minute. Yep, Ryan, stick around just one second. Good night to everybody else. Uh goodbye. Mm-hmm.